In this episode of Full Nerd, Ryzen 7000 review and GPU controversies. Welcome to episode 230 of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with special... Oh, wait. I'm reading the script from last week. There is no special guest. I was about to say Usman. It's not. I'm here with co-host Brad Charkas. I still feel special. I can go off memory. Yes, I was going to call you Usman. And then, of course, uh, uh, special, special budget correspondent. (laughs) Budget. Wow, that hurts, Gordon. Well, no, I mean, you know, I was looking... Okay, was and of course we have Elena Yee. Yeah. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm here. And and Patrick Murray's controlling the vertical and horizontal. Oh man, it's a Monday. We usually don't do episodes on a Monday, and it's no. this is this is gonna be wild, <laughs> wild, crazy times. Also, uh, I just want to say, Gordon, that Usman episode was was two episodes ago last week with Jared. I so, yeah, I know, and that just tells you I didn't even up. Update my notes since then. So, uh, having Jared was on was fun. Oh yeah, it's because I hosted the show last week, uh, and the, you didn't have oh, to update that's your right, notes. That's, that's right. why. So that's, that's why. why. Uh, everybody hated it. Don't worry. I'm I'm back to the producer chair. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, don't worry. Gordon's Gordon's in charge. They loved it. Um, but, air conditioning. Oh you, you oh look at that fancy Bay Area air conditioning. Yeah, one, one, one in the window. I still, it's better than, More it's better than, than none. Keeps my monitor cool is what it does. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, well, you know what doesn't keep your monitor cool, Gordon? <laughs> Ryzen seven thousand. Am I right? Is that what every? I again, you know, so the you know, typically I have been working a lot of hours doing benchmarking. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read other reviews or videos. What's the reception out there? So you're saying people are upset about the ninety five C thing? Uh, well, yeah. Let let me read the. Uh... Uh, the the title of uh, Gamer's Echo. We have our own videos up. We actually have two videos up. One is like a, a benchmarking deep dive, like 20 plus benchmarks that, that Gordon ran. Uh, fun stuff, go watch it. And then also one on power consumption and eco mode. Uh, but here's the headline for Steve over at Gamers Nexus: 95C is now normal. Colon AMD Ryzen 9 7950X CP review and benchmarks. So uh, yeah, there there's there is. There is some good chatter out there about what 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 does ninety five C being the new normal mean for everybody, uh, but it's also tempered with understanding that I mean these chips are fast fast as hell. So <laughs> yeah, do we want to get into just a simple synopsis of like yeah, it's hella fast. Look at yeah. our benchmark. It's this thing really does just simply crush twelve nine hundred K in multi threaded performance. Mm-hmm. And generally slightly faster than it in single threaded performance. And you know, I of course everybody there's not there's not a lot of nuance in a Cinebench all core and single core run. But honestly, <laughs> if you look at the all core run for Cinebench and you look at the single threaded uh run of Cinebench, it's like okay, that's all I need to know. It's like a little bit faster than twelve nine hundred K in single threaded crushes it multi-threaded that's like okay you know you sort of apply to that across the range different benchmarks and yeah that's all you need to know <laughs> yeah well and especially compared to the 5950x uh we're talking about leaps and bounds <laughs> uh so if you're and it's you're crazy because on... when the 5950x came out it was like wow we've never seen a desktop chip like this before like it clearly crushed intel's now yeah it's getting crushed again yeah, no. Uh, AMD seems to have uh, kept up the uh, the pedal to the metal. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, and you know, a lot of that is is you know, obviously, it's not a it's not a whole radical departure from previous sin, but it is it is definitely. I've seen some comments of people saying, "Oh, this is just fifty nine fifty x with more more TDP," and it isn't because at the same TDP, it it still whoops a less TDP. It still whoops fifty nine fifty x. So it is definitely a faster CPU overall, you know, they have a whole breakdown, the presentation they did, you know, some of it's IPC, some of it's frequency, some of, you know, so I, I would think anybody who wants to say it's just simply Zen three plus plus would be incorrect. They get a lot from the process. I mean, everything, it just kind of adds up, you know, it's a whole tolerance stack where you get, you add it all up and you get a hell of a lot more performance. You also get AMD basically swinging for the fences by deciding, you know what? We 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 got to we got to beat Intel, so they they crank it up as much as they could because they they yep. wanted more performance. I well, mean, and- oh sorry, I was just gonna say like that's part of the reason for the switch to LGA, right? So that allows them to put uh put more power to the socket, according yeah. to I think one of the interviews that we had with them. Yeah, they just can't. You just you look at the density. You can't. You can't because the thing is, they the challenge is let's give you more more power density in this same package, and in the same in the same socket. You know, physical constraints mostly. So you're sort of limited by that because yeah, it'd be easy if you go to Threadripper, but then there's a tremendous cost going to a really big socket. I mean, huge, and you you know consumers just are not going to pay the money for. All, all the density of a Threadripper, clearly. So they take that, they shrink it into the same socket as much as they can, so you can literally use the same cooler that you've been using. And that means you don't have to switch coolers. And then also, you know, they don't have to, the motherboards don't have to get larger. There's just a lot of reasons they have to do it. So they had to go to this new LGA instead of BGA, which is the big difference. Well, and one of the things that I think we should uh, spin back on real quick is that... Uh, the the fact that it's hitting 95c is a, what amd is quoting by design uh so you know that there's there's been a lot of confusion on the back end as we were testing and then kind of you know reading or and and watching videos oh you should definitely go read elena's uh you know kind of big summation review article which is uh which is good but the the idea is is that for us we we would load up Cinebench something really CPU intensive, uh, look at hardware monitor and be like, oh wow, it's hitting, it's it's red. You, you see hardware monitor, it shows red, it's, it shows 95C, and you're like, oh no, something's wrong. I need better cooling. And the idea is that it'll use as much cooling as you're willing to give it. Like you were testing on a 360 millimeter IO or AIO with the fans at 100%, right, Gordon? Yeah, no, well, not 100%. I, oh, no, I okay. thought about running 100%. I basically use a manual um, a fan fix. So basically fixed fan RPMs, 2000 RPM on a 360 millimeter, which I thought was reasonable. I don't know if people want to go for max, you know, so I didn't want to, you know, run it at max fans. I, so I did that in all of them. But it is the chip simply if you run this thing on on a small air cooler, a stock cooler, 95C. You run it on 360 IO, max fans, max pump, 95C. It's just basically run to, it just uses as much as you give it, it sounds like. And, you you're know, there, mu- you're muted, Adam. Yep, sorry. Uh, Steve over at Gamers Nexus, he did run his at 100% fan speed. And no matter what, it was still at 95C. <clears throat> it, was, it was using all of it. So I think 
what I'm trying to get at is that usually we would look at 95C and be like, oh, I, I did something wrong. I need to reapply thermal paste. I need a, a better cooling solution. And yeah. it's like, no, the idea around what they're doing with Ryzen 7000 is that it will use as much power or as much... Um, it, it, it'll use all the power that it's yeah. it's, it's going to get. <laughs> you know, and the so. funny thing is, is because, you know, we had been talking with some vendors and they thought like, yeah, there's people are going to freak out over this. And yeah, and you could see that there's a lot of freak out over it. But you know, it's funny as I was like, I'm like, for me, I don't think it's a big deal, but I, I look at it through the lens of, you know, we did this great interview with Travis North over at uh, Dell and he was talking about laptops and how they have this problem in some markets where people just freak out because, oh my God, why is my CP running at 95C, right? Oh my God, that's just too high. I need this thing to be down at 60. I need to be at 70. And he's like, look, you, you're, if you basically want this thing to be limited to 60C, you're not, or, you know, 70C, you're limiting the power curve of it, right? You want this thing because you, when you start to use it, you want this thing to get up to 95C as fast as you can because that gives you your highest clocks. That basically means you can just boost up to the highest possible clock you can immediately. And if you think about it, if you're limiting this, remember that we're talking about like 14 nanometer Intel too, 14 nanometer Intel. If you think you're limiting this thing to 70C, you're basically giving up a lot of um, responsiveness and boost clocks by doing that. So I sort of like see that's when we get down to Ryzen 7000, I'm like, okay, I can see this is like, I know people get they do a full freak out. They want to get down to like I don't know 10C all the time, but you 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 are giving up real performance in general because right. you just go ahead. So it sounds just it just sounds like a, a kind of a mind shift, right, or a, like a, a paradigm shift in a way, right? Where it's like the the old way of thinking of it was that you try to keep temps down because you wanted to avoid thermal throttling. And basically now what these companies are telling us is like they're basically said no, we raise the ceiling so that it can handle temps this high without it, you know, restricting uh, your performance. And in fact, the, us, us doing that allows us to push more power through it because the heat that's going to be generated. And so in the end, it's a net benefit. So I think it's just a matter of people wrapping their brains around it. I don't know if Adam also jumped to this thought as well, but I honestly think that the real complaint behind that would be a concern about, you already know I'm going with this, would be a complaint about small form factor where, you know, your temps can create problems overall if you have a bunch of different really hot things in a small. <laughs> I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to revive that argument, Gordon. I'm just saying, like, realistically, like, I think it's that's, really in fact, I would think that you'd be happy about me even saying this because it gives you a, a win in your column. <laughs> no, <laughs> As I, you rail against no I, I just don't. I think the thing, look, small four factor, it is an important area for some people. If you're into it, that's great. But I think the problem is, why do all small factor, they want to like, hey, how come we're not talking about our needs? It's like, like nerd, you are like 10% of the entire like desktop market, right? Why are you like, not even, <laughs> not even like, I mean, and I'm sorry. I know it's hot because it's cool, but it's just, it's just not to me. It's just like, okay, this is not representative of the market. It would be like, well, Hey, what about us Threadripper users? It's like, uh, it's growing, okay. cool. Gordon. It's growing. It is definitely ultra niche still. Uh, but to me, the cool thing is AMD does throw small form, small form factor folks a bone with that eco mode. It seems like, huh? Mm. Yeah. No, Which, I mean, it, well, no, wait, Lana, you, huh? Was that a negative, huh? 
Was that a no? I said one? no. That's true. That okay. is true. I just didn't know if we we're gonna if we we're like diving into that section already, well, or if we're trying to take this like you know more. Oh, I see. Orderly. I thought that was like a disapproving. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Ecomo we. Is but, really interesting. I really want to talk about that stuff. For sure, like that. That's kind of what blew me away. But before we get to that, I do want to say address a couple questions in the chat and then i i think it's not just for small form factor though i i literally have a 12900k sitting next to me and when i'm when i am am using the full power of this thing even though i have it undervolted it is literally spitting hot air right right above and i can feel it so like so and this isn't small form factor this is uh the uh, be quiet pure base 500dx right good airflow okay, so but that mid airflow mid, mid tower that airflow is good airflow, but that airflow is coming right at me <laughs> and warming me up. So I also don't want, you know, my workstation. I or I would say I I, lo I enjoy the power uh, of the 12900K, but also at the same time, I, I wish I could get it cooler, which it's nice because then I can undervolt and, and do things like that uh, to try to, to manage it. So I, I also don't think the 95C thing is just for small form factor people to worry about. You know, like I think a lot of people are worried like, oh, wow, if... If ninety five, you know, if ninety five C is is the new normal, no matter what I do, then that kind of sucks for anybody. How, I mean, how hot is my office going to get? Yeah, it's fair for yeah. sure. And yeah, then, there is some question about longevity. Uh, we got a, a two dollar super chat from Slim Jim. Uh, thank you so much. It uh, says, uh, how does 95C affect lifetime of CPU and reliability? I think that's a good question too because. With with your Alder Lake system, you would see it spike up to you know around ninety five, that same kind of thing. But then you you would see it kind of throttle, right? Uh, throttle down as it kind of warmed up. This just hit ninety five C. I'm sorry, this by the seventy nine fifty X would hit ninety five C and stay there. It wasn't throttling. So I think what it's trying to do is say, hey, we're we're going to hit ninety five C, but not try to like have it like throttle. Like man, it's so hard to to explain, but like. I, like it seems like AMD is like no, we're gonna take it to that limit, and it's gonna be safe at that limit no matter what. Uh, yeah, their their official statement is look, TJ Maxx is ninety five C, right? You go over ninety five C, you shouldn't be there. But t well, ninety actually above ninety five C is is a is you're out of spec. Under ninety five C, you're within spec. It is basically the messaging is you're within spec, you're within spec, you're within spec. For a corporation that is a publicly held company and that makes components that are being sold to people, what that means is they will warranty those parts. So if they sell all these parts and they go kaput after one year of running at 95C, that's not really a good business to be in. So I think, well, we don't know what the longevity is. We don't have any internal uh, answers that AMD is showing off. I can assume they don't want to make CPUs that they end up having to eat the cost for in 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, this is more of an education issue. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> like it's just supposed to run at 95C. Like, that's not how chips in the past worked, but that's how this one works. So it's more like people need to know this so they don't freak out when they do open hardware monitor and see all the red. But it's not anything I would particularly freak out about, aside from the extra heat possibly going into your room like Adam was talking about. Well, yeah. And, and it, I mean, it definitely is using more power, too. That That's the, that's mm -hmm. the other thing is that... Uh... You know, especially when twelve nine hundred K 
came out, a lot of people were like, oh my god, look at the Power Hog, especially compared to the 5950X. It's, it was, what, 30%, uh, using 30% less power than the, the 12900K? 12900K was faster in, in a lot of ways, so it was kind of right. that trade-off. But here, yes, it's faster, but it is also still you know, using more power. Not as it- much at full load versus the 12900K. Like, it's, it's still yeah. lower than the 12900K, but it's still... It's all there. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it is important to point that out because, like, in Gordon Cinebench uh, run, power draw run, like, not only was it using less power than the 12900K, it was, it completed 28 runs as opposed to 21 or something like that. Like, yeah, it's using less power and it's doing a lot more with it. So that, that's a big difference. Yeah, and then, you know, honestly, I always thought the freak out over Alder Lake, again, was... I didn't agree with it, frankly. A lot of people looked at purely peak power under all core loads, and I, I think yes, if you did run there, it would use more power and you know ostensibly put out more heat than a Ryzen five thousand. But you know, if you actually look at it under ninety five percent of the workloads people are doing, it was actually slightly more efficient than Ryzen five thousand. Sometimes it would idle at a lower lower power it would also use slightly less power for for the most part it was actually a wash but a lot of people only looked at the peak power so like for me coming into this it's also i i just i think that there's going to be a lot of drama over the 95c thing and i i i don't i don't necessarily totally agree with that i do think they could have gotten ahead of it a little more because now that's the only thing people are focused on people are people are like oh my god look at 95c but i'm like <laughs> It's 40% faster than a 12900K. For, you know? for what it's worth, I've been able to hang out on Twitter and Reddit and the internet uh, a bit this morning looking at reactions. And a lot of the other reviews, of course, do mention 95C because, again, it's an education issue. People need to know it. And there are definitely some people like, oh, my God, it's 95C. But in general, people are just like, oh, I know. all right, cool. Oh, like, okay. I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I have to just I, – I, I just have to because I know Intel oh, fans. I, I need to I need to represent them just mm-hmm. because I know that they because you know like small four factor fans got to. Like, I haven't been on our hand. Intel today. Good point. I I gotta say like oh oh let's see you were angry at us for using more power and uh, being hotter but now that AMD is kind of very similar power envelope it's suddenly okay yeah. Yeah, okay. We see where you're coming from. That is exactly what you're going to see at every single little Intel form. Like, well, oh, it, come it, on. I mean, it's double time, standard. At the same time, NVIDIA, you know, coming out with, you know, more power-hungry, hotter GPUs as well. I mean, it, I think it's it's all around. Everybody is in this, you know, bigger, faster, stronger mindset, arms race. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I, yeah, everybody's getting hit it. I think that's what's going to make the eco discussion, eco mode discussion so interesting because I feel like because we're entering this era of like chips across the board going for just like raw performance, you know, power uh, draw, you know, be damned. It's like, and then combine that with the whole like worldwide electricity cost going up kind of thing. Um, it's going to be a really interesting time for consumers because that's not the stuff that makes headlines. Like you don't put like uses less power, like necessarily as like this thing that you put in the headline, you put like can reach up to six gigahertz, you know, clock speed. That's the kind of stuff you normally see in headlines. But I feel like this kind of quiet battle may be a very important one for the next gen or so, if not more. And I, 
kind of curious to see how the companies end up adapting to it. Like that we're going to see more of this like eco mode stuff and, you know, so on and so forth. So, well, and an- another thing I want to point out too, uh, please go watch our, our, our video on, on, on power and eco modes. Cause it's, it's really good information in there. It's, it's kind of eye opening, but the 12, 900 K actually was using less, uh, in, um, like not under full load, like at idle, uh, which was crazy. Yes, uh, you know, uh, under full load, 12900K uses more, but at idle, it actually was idling lower. So I, I was, and I've had my own problems with my my 5600X build being like, man, why is this thing like running hotter than, than uh, you know, I thought it should be? Uh, and it seems like Ryzen is still kind of just a little hotter, even, even at idle, just sitting there doing light kind of stuff. Uh, not not by a ton. I'm not going to say it's like a problem, but you know, like across the board, it still is is pretty warm, uh, whether you're pushing it hard or not. When I was looking at the data, thing that especially because you know I represent the workers on the Great Council kind of thing, right? Like for me, it's like I wonder what's going to happen when we start to see the other chips in the stack come out because I don't know if we can necessarily extrapolate what we're going to expect to see from a, a standard issue 7600 versus the you know the X version or if you step down below that you know compare we're, we're looking at the 5950X right now we're looking at these this first line of extreme chips and I'm just wondering if the if it's going to be the kind of equivalent of trying to keep uh, Intel stack straight, where it's just so complicated. And it's like, well, this chip is going to be great for this. But if you need this, then it's this one. But if you have to worry about high ambient temperatures or high power, you know, uh, costs, then you have to go with this one. Like, it just seems like, I mean, it's going to keep us in a job, but <laughs> it's going to be hard to keep it all straight. Well, well, and so, yeah, no, I, I should definitely, I think we should dig into eco mode because when they announced it, you know, they were like, oh, sure, you know, TDPs are up, but we also have these eco modes and go watch the video in should the testing. drop should, a couple? Yeah, I can show some slides. Why don't we should show I, the power and the, and the Cinebench one? I think that's... The, the Cinebench power one? Okay, let me... I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that, I think that <laughs> helps for people who are unfamiliar with it. We'll have to describe for audio listeners what's going on. So you're talking about the 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 multi-core like yeah. Full so why don't we do run? the okay. eco? Why don't we just show the power consumed total total system power for eco modes? Okay. Yeah. I, I tell you what, the follow up article or video that I'm hoping somebody does that I want to see in the next few days is while well, Adam's getting that ready. Is uh, I would love to see because obviously this first round of reviews I was used the big 360 millimeter liquid coolers and stuff like that. I would be real curious to see how it would compare if you put like just one of those stock rising coolers on there. If you put a, you know, Cooler Master Hyper 212 or something on there or even just a standard $50. Like it'd be interesting to see how it reacts differently to all the different levels of cooling. I'm just laughing because we're we have something planned for (laughs) we have something really funny. A little different than what you're hoping for. All right. (laughs) Because we don't have stock anymore, stock coolers with the the X parts, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see that, especially for something like the seventy six hundred X, because that's more appropriate to put something like a fifty dollar cooler on that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so I I have the chart, uh, Gordon. What what do we see in here in this total system power running Cinebench R twenty three? So you've seen this from me before. It's basically, you know, we're we're using a pair of logging watt meters. Both systems are outfitted with same PSU, same, you know, same model PSU, 80 plus platinum. 
PSU's uh, same uh, GeForce RTX 3090 Founders Edition, same uh, Corsair H150i uh, coolers. They both have 32 gig. The only real difference between the systems is the motherboard, the CPU, and slightly the RAM. Same capacity, same number of DIMMs on both of them. And I'm using a pair of logging watt meters, and I record the power being consumed by both systems at the same time while the entire system. The entire system. So remember, this is the entire system. When you're looking at some of the um, efficiency ratings by other reviewers, they may look at it simply as uh, only at the uh, ATX12V. You know, people, maybe they log it with HW monitor. There's different ways that people do it. The way I do it is I'm trying to get to sort of the practical benefits of it. This is total system power that you will be paying your power company for. And it's how much is consumed by the system. And you can see, you know, Alder Lake actually does consume a little more power across the board, but not a huge amount compared to 7950X. Um, and I will tell you, 5950X was like a third less, right? So it's, it's <laughs> they're very comparable. Um, the performance, of course, as we know, all those dips you see, that is the, the fact that 7950X at full power, 170 watt, blah, 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 is, <laughs> it is rendering, uh, what, I think 28, uh, scenes or frames in the same amount of time that an Alder Lake is rendering 21. So, you know, it stomps over all over Alder Lake. So technically it's actually more efficient because you're getting almost 40% more performance. So you're still, you know, you're actually get actually getting quite a bit of efficiency there, but I also want to show off uh, eco mode. So I set it to manually set it. It's a work in progress. I ran it uh, eco mode 107, 105 and eco mode 65 watt. And you can see both of those lower lines, how much less power it's consuming in those eco modes. Uh, so you can you can really, really cut back on the power consumed. And of course, I'm only measuring power consumed actual. You can sort of figure, well, some of that's a lot of that's probably going to come out through the heat sink as you know, as heat dissipated. So more use here means more heat generally lower use uh, lower. But do we do we have the Cinebench results though? Well, yeah. So then the question I posed it was like, okay, that's great. It is using less power, but how does that affect performance? Uh, first up, I have the uh, the the multi-thread performance uh, to show off. So, or I'm sorry, sorry, single single core performance. So Gordon, yeah. step us through the uh, the single core performance. So basically the same same deal. You know, we're running Cinebench, you know, R23 single single thread on all the same chips you just saw. The results are basically there's no difference. You're looking at, you know, margin of error for Eco 65, Eco 105, as well as, you know, default 7950X. Uh, memory all set to the same too, right? So basically no difference. And that shouldn't be surprised because each core is not using more than 65 watts. Uh, you might even get, you may get close at 65 watts, but you single threaded, you're, you're, you're in very good shape. So I think this is probably... If you're like, because I had discussion uh, in our on YouTube and comments with someone today, so well, how does this going to work out in gaming? It's like, well, gaming is generally very lightly threaded, one maybe two yeah. threads if you're lucky. So honestly, your gaming performance, the 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 uh, decrease in performance in eco mode is going to be, you know, very it'll always be unnoticeable or very slight depending on which mode you're in because you just don't. I mean, I wish we lived in the world where they were using all 16 cores for gaming. We were not. <laughs> if it were, then yes, definitely eco mode would take a huge hit. But I, I yeah, it just, it just, reality is, is just not there yet. 
Um, actually, on that point, um, in the written review that I did for the website, I actually was able to cite some of the data that our German colleague, uh, Sebastian Schenzinger, over at PC Welt did. Um, he tested the 7900X. So not quite you know, the same chip as, I mean, obviously not the same chip as what we tested, um, but he did uh, his gaming benchmarks with it in eco mode. And if you're interested uh, with you know, Expo, turned on as well for the RAM stuff. Uh, and it's really interesting because if you look um, at the, the benchmark results, you actually see eco mode sometimes getting just like a little bit of an edge actually on stock settings. It's like, mm. it's so close that you don't really notice that much of a difference, honestly. Mm-hmm. So um, as I put in the review, it's like, well, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, Gordon, but you, what you really see is that for for that those lightly threaded tasks doesn't really matter so much. It's really when you're looking at multi-threaded stuff right. is that where the power. You know, you we know, could actually. Why don't we? Well, let's, do we let's, let's grab yeah, a, let's look at a multi-threaded. Grab a. But also, let's grab in Elena. Can you grab a result from, uh, you know, Sebastian's? Uh, yeah, let me review? grab one of those and we can toss that up too. I mean, honestly, if you're looking at it, what he so he ran a 7900x in eco mode in gaming. Yeah, and he did 12 benchmarks. So if you want to see it across that spectrum, just, you know, if you speak German, obviously hit up PC Welt's site directly. And then if not, just, you know, hop to our website and then you can kind of, you'll find that those charts are the ones in blue. Uh, ours are the ones in white. Do you think you can grab one here for the YouTube audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. While you guys are doing your thing, I'll, I'll grab, just I'll grab a, mine. Well, just well, to give people a, a, an yeah. idea of it. Because While she's doing that, okay, well then, you know, we're talking about light, lightly threaded tasks, sure. But what about my Cinebench, Gordon? I, I can't. You know, if I'm going to engage eco mode, what am I going to lose on, on heavy workloads? Yeah, and, and there, I mean, again, this is the reason why I, I think maybe the freakout isn't necessarily all well-deserved. Because, look, you got we got our default score. I'm going to read this off for the audio listeners. About 30, what, 37K and some change. In, 38K. Uh, right 38 about 38K. K. I yeah. can't read it because that's so tiny. So it's a roughly, you know, 38K in all. That's basically default TDP for the part. Um, and when you run in Eco 105, you do take a hit, maybe about 10%. So you're getting down to about 34K. You crank it all the way down to Eco 65. It's about 29K. Is that right? My eyes. My 28, eyes 28.6. Yep. Yeah, 28.6. So basically 28.6, but... Yeah, it's 25% less than a full-on 7950X, but <laughs> look at the score for my 12900K. Uh, 272, uh, 93, and uh, what, 25, 25, six, six for the yeah. 5950X. So <laughs> uh, 50, 7950X in Eco 65W, which you just saw how much power it was using earlier, is still faster than a 12900K. And a 5950X in Cinebench R23. Again, that's heavily multi-threaded. So that's like... Well, uh, yeah, let, let me go back to the power now uh, just to, to see that. I mean, we're talking about at what was it? Uh, it kind of looks like maybe 180 watt total system power for the 65 mode or 65 watt mode. <laughs> but it's still faster than that 12900K sitting there at what, uh, 360. Like that's yeah. that's cool. crazy. That's wild. That's like half the power draw and still a better number. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I don't know how you can complain about that. And so, I mean, yeah. I, I know because people are going to want, because they were going to want, like, I, I want the full on 170 watt TDP performance 
at 65 watts is what people are are wishing they got and i'm just not like i don't know if that's reasonable because you're still getting 65 watt eco mode that is basically faster than 5950x and 12900k yeah. well and I, I remember when they announced this sorry i'm, I'm this is, we covered this in in the standalone video but it still is kind of blowing my mind when when they announced it i, I was like man that's kind of a cop out though to be like oh well you know what yeah sure it's it's going to be hotter and use more power but if you want to you can just run it at a in eco mode you know and it feels like well why would i buy this expensive chip and then just run it in in a lower mode uh, but then I realized, wait, uh, Intel kind of already does this because you have like a 12900K and a 12900 non-K. And when I tested that in the, the Falcon Northwest Tiki for the small form factor stuff, like it was the exact same kind of thing. It That 12900 non-K was locked to 65 watts uh, and the single-threaded performance, the exact same. But then multi-threaded performance was still like... I mean, it, it was lower than the 12900K, but it was still like higher than the the the, the other chip I was comparing it to, the, the 5600X. You know, and I was just like, I was like, wow, that's that's nuts. I, I you know, I I just yeah. I, I couldn't wrap my head around. It. So so in this case, they're almost like they're including the non uh, K parts, like in in the the, the main part it's, as well. Like it's mm -hmm. giving a lot of flexibility, right? And I just want to point this out before we get, you know, some comment in the future from, uh, you know, those Intel forum fans that you were talking about earlier in the show, Gordon, where it's <laughs> like, so this is basically powered limiting, right? And you can do this uh, for Intel chips in motherboard BIOS typically. So it's not like this is a, a thing that's like exclusive as a concept to AMD. I think what makes this, and this is my opinion, obviously, but I think what makes this interesting and exciting is that one, it showcased really well uh, that AMD has better power efficiency and so in terms of power and performance efficiency, not energy efficiency per se, although there's some of that too. And two is that this is happening through uh, what's well, supposed to be happening through Ryzen Master um, software. So basically, it's going to be really simple for people to toggle this, right? You, you don't have to be somebody who has like, you know, experience with fiddling with stuff in the BIOS. Like most of our audience here, obviously, people, you, you all listening to us, that's something that's been comfortable for you. But the idea of like bringing something to the masses, I think is the important thing here, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I can have somebody who comes to me and says, I want to build my first, you know, PC, I'm going to do it with Ryzen 7000. And I heard about all this stuff, like, you know, but I, and I want to try these things, but I'm now they don't, they don't have to be scared to do some of the stuff that used to be something that would be left to people who love to tinker, right? And I think that gives AMD an advantage where they can say like, yeah, you can just, you know, like, let's say that, you know, during the day you're running all this powerful workload stuff on your chip and then at night you want to play games. So maybe if you want, you can flip you know, the switches and switch things up so you can guarantee that you're not, you know, overly throwing extra power at it and not, you know, spending extra money or whatever. And you've got that flexibility. So I think to me, that's the, the kind of the key point here with eco mode. Which, uh, yeah, and b both both of you have, uh, have kind of said this right now, pre-release, it's had to, we, we had to go into the mm -hmm. BIOS and, and set it manual in the BIOS. AMD 
you know provided some timings uh for the eco mode but yeah when it comes to rise master which we 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 don't know how it's going to look like in rise master yet but hopefully it is easy as you know just a little toggle which which one do you want you'll probably have to reboot i don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah, well, yeah so but it's simple but but right? yeah it's simple and it's like okay you know uh go into evening mode uh yeah <laughs> you know which is gaming mode i you know i, I don't know it's 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 interesting it, it is interesting and i still it still feels weird to say, oh, you know, I'm going to buy a 7950X uh, and run it in a lower configuration. But I, I think it's all about the flexibility. That idea uh, is kind of how I'm, I'm starting to kind of wrap my head around a little bit. And it, like for the first time, I'm like, okay, well, that means I could probably throw a 7950X in a small form factor box or, or somewhere where I didn't want to worry about heat and run it in, in a lower mode and still beat a 12900K at stock. Like that feels pretty good. Yeah, I, you know, I, I lot some people are like, why would you even do that? Why don't I just put a seventy six hundred X in a small four factor box? And my argument would be like, well, because <laughs> sixteen cores is more than six. So yes, <laughs> well, sometimes also, you need sixteen cores in a small box. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and also, I mean, the, the even those <laughs> lower those lower chips are still using, uh, you know, a lot more heat. <laughs> Like the, the jump from a, a 5600X uh, heat-wise to a 7600X is, is pretty substantial, you know, because they're still trying to, to hit the pedal to the metal. Uh, I do have the uh, the gaming benchmark thing loaded, if we want to kind of go back yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. Let's take a look at this, because I'm... Uh, Elena, again, you go to the website, through this, you know. it's in there. What, okay. what, what are we looking um, at? So I grabbed, uh, if I sent you the right one, yeah. Do so I grabbed just one of the 12 benchmarks at 1080p uh sebastian also did uh 720p as well but uh i know for a lot of people they don't really care about that cpu isolation these days especially with chips like this where you're not really playing at 720 in real world situations right um so if you look at the chart you you can see pretty clearly that the eco mode 7900x is you know ever so slightly outperforming the stock setting (laughs) right like honestly one frame doesn't really matter in the real world but in terms of just like the intellectual exercise of seeing how well eco mode stacks up you've got this and i also have um, separately the percentage numbers i ran for the rest of the benchmarks so i mean obviously it's not every game so for example if you look at uh, cyberpunk the 7900x at stock um wattage is uh, outperforming the uh, the eco mode version, so that's like what, like three percent at seven twenty p, and like as much as seven percent at ten eighty p. But then you have you know what we just saw up here on the screen, which was Doom Eternal, uh, where you have it, it's slightly flipped, where Doom Eternal has like a 029 percent lead for the eco mode mm-hmm. and you've got a couple others where it's a little bit more so it's like 1.5 percent or you know 1.2 1.26 percent that kind of thing not a huge delta really overall so again that's just like a nice win that you can see in gaming tangibly in these benchmarks and again if you want to see the full range of benchmarks English language version is up on the PC World site. Uh, we brought his data. And then uh, the German version obviously is on PC Welt site. So if you speak German, you know, you can hop directly there. A uh, link, link is in the description. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm glad that's in his, uh, 
uh, his his test data, and it's in Elena's right up on the website because it really does show. Well, you thread it, eco mode is not going to kill you. So, but I, but then of course I think a lot of people are going to go, well, why? If the performance is so great here in gaming, why push it so hard everywhere else? And I, I think it's just simply the real, and I've been saying this, people don't believe me, but people, the bigger bar worker, bigger bar better is, it just, it's this universal thing that all humans go by. And somebody who's going to, they're not going to watch five hours of YouTube videos just to get to the answer. They're going to look at their phone. They're going to see the bar is bigger. They're going to go buy that in the machine when they're looking at the store or they're browsing of the website for what to buy so that that is i mean yes it's very cynical but the the day that humans the the day consumers actually stop buying on the bigger bar better is the day that amd intel and nvidia will stop marketing on it and, and that ain't happening anytime soon because that's people want what they want is it just consumers or is it also stockholders? Because <laughs> I wonder no, about that too. Stockholders don't. I well, I mean, yeah, I think because because stockholders they just look at what the what the what the cow in the pen is doing. They don't care. They just want to know, like, well, can I can I milk these things for as much as I can? Right, but if, if you're it's a, producer, if you're a shareholder, you don't care. You just want to be able to milk these stupid cows. But you know, those cows they're not going for this low rent hay. They're going for the bigger bar, better hay. That's the only thing they care about. <laughs> Farming analogies. I mean, I'm not talking necessarily about like the, the the upper echelon of stockholders, right? Like the board members and all that. I'm talking about like people who actually are doing the trading where they're like, oh. this is a new headline. Oh, I'm going to buy more of this stock because I think that's going to sell because bigger bar better. That's kind of what I'm referring to. Well, yeah, but I, I think that's just simply a reflection of they know what people buy. They're that's not going to go like, gosh, I really need to invest in this low, you know, like they're losing, but they got more efficiency. <laughs> it's different when you get to Apple's world because, you know, you have a captive audience and you have a, we have cows, they have sheep. They're sheep really just like, ah, buying this new thing. M3 is better than M2 because it's one better, right? That's just different. We're, we're cows, they milk us. A lot the of cow analogy a lot of something farming makes so much analogy. more sense now. It was, a, it was a long game you were playing, yeah. Gordon. Yeah. No, but it's yeah. just because it just, it just doesn't, I don't, because there are actually legitimate traders, power traders that... <laughs> They buy these high-end workstations, uh, not even work. They're basically tuned-up desktops from all of these, you know, boutique be buyers. Because when they get that, you know, they get that millisecond of actual performance advantage over another day trader, it's actually worth it to them. That's what I thought you might have been talking about. You're talking about just like if I'm, if I'm an investor and I I I see the bigger bars better. Yeah, because yeah, you know everybody goes like, oh my god, if Intel came out with 13 Gen and it was 80% faster than everything AMD had and Apple had, they're going to buy that because they know that if you're faster, because that's what moves human emotions, that's what's going to sell. That's I think that's what it is. And they're not going like, gosh, you know, it's so much more efficient in this mode. That's just not what humans buy on. I mean, that's just, I mean, I would, again, you know, disprove me. Please disprove me, but... More and See, more. I, th I think that this talk... And the 7950 and Ryzen 7000 in general just drives home that, again, when companies say efficiency, it doesn't necessarily mean less power. It simply means more efficient. And I think that gets lost in a lot of conversations because the 7950X is unquestionably way more efficient 
than the 5950X and the 12900K. You just got to look at the power numbers. You got to look at how many times they complete a center bench, all this, all that. So that's just something to keep in mind in general going forward because companies like to tout efficiency. But making a really efficient thing, as always, lets you do all kinds of different stuff for it. You can, you know, say we're going to run at 95C and crank up the power, and then you're just going to get balls to the wall performance. But it's much more efficient than it would have been last gen. So whenever you hear efficiency, it just it can mean a bunch of different things. Yeah, and I think yeah. this is worth resurfacing. No, that's it's because it gets we get really sloppy with it because, you know, if you're talking about the 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 microarchitecture efficiency, you know, that kind of, there's but when, when I'm when I'm talking about here, it's power efficiency. Yeah, and you know it, it is. I just because I know people, it is very cynical, but that's that's what works. And you know, again, like we saw Apple market M1 against 14 nanometer Intel on performance per, performance power efficiency. Right, we're faster and we're more efficient. You see a lot of their marketing now is like, well, we ain't talking about beating no 3090 no more, but we are way more efficient, right? And then. Yeah. So. So we're we're talking about energy efficiency right now, right? Energy efficiency, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, when I was writing my review, I was like, uh, I was like, oh, the word power efficiency can meet either of these two things. I better start <laughs> establishing if I mean performance or yeah. energy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it's, it's just hard. You can't, yeah. Well, actually, uh, Steve over Gamers Nexus did do uh, a little bit of efficiency testing as well, <clears throat> and um, uh, he, he he was saying that uh, it's actually not as efficient as a lot of people are are, are thinking it is. Like, I, I can't remember the. Ag Sorry, Steve, I I don't remember the exact testing he did but he's like eh yes it's using you know it's getting stuff done better but it still is using more power you got to look at how much you know the those two come at but uh go back to uh, sorry real quick we do have some super chats uh mark gallant gave us a uh, five canadian dollars thank you so much said uh, a watt is a watt a 60c chip at 230 watts is outputting the same heat as a 95c uh 230 watt chip people seem to be confusing wattage and temperature and what we're saying here with eco mode, it literally is just using less wattage as well. No, that's uh, fair. So, but yeah. I think he was responding to us talking earlier about earlier, the 95C yeah, yeah. and like people yeah, worried the about thermals. the heat and me contributing to that misperception. For sure. So. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Joseph Frusky gave us a $5 super chat earlier. Thank you so much. Said uh, Brad is right. The 7950X is an amazing processor. Do we expect Raptor Lake to actually compete with this? Uh, we did talk about it a little bit but you know this is all of the reviews i it's funny i did see some some 1200 ks's thrown in there some 1200 k's but that's that's what we have right now we we don't have 13th right. gen gordon what 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 do we think is is you know like is this all going to be thrown out the window when 13th gen comes out i i know they they've only released one little spec number uh so far but. Yeah, there's actually been some thirteen, you know, convenient thirteenth gen leaks as well that oh. show it like doing pretty well. But I mean, sticking to the official line, Intel has said, "Look, spec int twenty seventeen, I think fifteen percent single threaded, forty percent, forty one percent multi threaded." So, how spec int translates into actual at practical application performance? I'm also although spec is updated to actually use a lot more off the shelf stuff, but I'm you could guess that yeah if 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 generally 7950x is maybe 40% faster in a, you know in like we did you know I would say like out of 5 you know multi-threaded benchmarks it was probably generally 40% 38 to 40% faster than 12th gen 
and it's about maybe five to six percent faster in single threaded performance you could see if again if intel its claims are correct it made this a couple weeks ago if they're saying hey our single threaded performance goes up 15 percent and our and they're saying versus 12th gen and our uh, multi-threaded performance goes up 41 percent you could essentially see us in the exact same situation we're at once uh once raptor like gets here that it's pretty much going to be you know win some lose some in multi-threaded performance and in single threaded performance which also means in gaming with very 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 fast gpus and very lightly threaded task they should have you know a single digit you know eight percent performance advantage over it you could just kind of guess just based yeah. on that but i don't i don't know because once you i don't know how spec will translate but we could just be in the same situation where with 5000 versus 12th gen because you know honestly 5000 and multi-threaded at the at the highest end all you know 16 core versus 16 core they were kind of you know 5000 had a slight edge some things some things you know alder lake would win but alder lake just had just this advantage in the in the lightly threaded stuff which you know arguably way more people use in chrome and office and photoshop even a lot of photoshop actions very lightly threaded so that's potentially what's going to happen when uh raptor like finally gets her and yeah there have been some leaks that are like oh damn right so we don't know we'll have to see right yeah we'll have to see just uh based on what i'm seeing out of your Ryzen numbers and what intel has said about raptor lake that's pretty much what i expect to happen i expect like in heavy production workloads like cinebench video rendering all that kind of stuff like 16 big cores 32 big threads like i'm sure even though the Raptor rate Lake high end one, I think they said is going up to twenty four cores and thirty two threads. Yeah, but that's a mix. But that's a mixture of power and efficiency ones. Yes. So there's a very good chance that AMD is going to lead, continue leading production, and there's a very good chance that Intel is going to take the gaming crown. Uh, but the part that's interesting to me is that there's still the Vcash chips waiting in the wings because mm-hmm. I was looking at Sebastian's data from PC Welt and. That 5800X3D beats every other chip on some of those charts. Like that Bcash makes that much of a difference. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting in, six months, in I some think. Games. Yeah. 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 Also, one thing I want to point out with uh, PC Welt is, you know, again, we're independent outlets. We run our own tests, which is great because that means we get to pick our own, pick our own um, painting. I run Windows 11. I run um, 3090s. He's running Windows 10 and he's running... Um, 6900 XT. 6900 6950 or 6900? 6900 XT, if I recall right. So XTs. Let me double check. So, you know, they get, you also get a little bit of a bump out of AMD because, you know, AMD AMD plus AMD. A A plus A, as they like to say, generally does kind of add up to be nice things. 6900 XT. Okay. So, interesting stuff. Uh, Another thing I want to get to, which is, uh, you got some people chatting this morning. Uh, We had had people over in in Discord asking, uh, you know, even though the IGP uh, is, you know, very <laughs> doesn't doesn't uh, you know put out a lot of performance. You're not going to game on it. Uh, yeah. Somebody was like, you know, what? you should try testing some games on it just to see how it is. Maybe that, that's a, a video I'll work, I'll work on later, J- just to just to show examples of what it'd be like because I, I think it would be interesting. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see. Like it'd be real funny watching Cyberpunk running at half a frame a second. But it would also be interesting to see if you could even play like Stardew Valley or retro style games and stuff on there too. Yeah. I 
Yeah. I the thing is like cuz I just I just did it just because you had to have recorded one for time spy. Basically the performance is like what you expect out of a an Intel uh UHD part. So basically <laughs> the performance is similar to <laughs> Intel integrated graphics before it got much better with Iris. So <laughs> in the laptop, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like it is it is there solely to turn a monitor on um for corporate you know corporate uses so i don't i don't think i think the whole gaming thing it's like would you really game with intel integrated graphics even on alder lake it's I, it's I, heavily I, nerfed for yeah i mean i think it's more like it's just people are curious like you know what, what what could I, yeah just just for for poops and giggles uh but i think more importantly though and one of the things in the big benchmarking video we did was look at premiere i've, I've seen a lot of testing yes. And a lot of people ran their Premier numbers versus Intel, you know, and, and these uh, older gen chips uh, with the IGP off. Uh, you're the only one that I actually saw really? running the IGP on, which mm -hmm. paints a different story than what yes. other people are showing. So, Gordon, I'm, I'm going to flash up the, the Puget Bench uh, chart. So d tell, tell me what we're seeing here. Sorry, Puget Systems. One day we will learn Puget. how to pronounce Puget. it correctly. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, so uh, they basically, this is this is uh, this is uh, Puget Systems. Go look at their stuff. They got awesome, you know, workstation benchmarks. They're really kind of weight. They're really sort of setting the tone for a lot of the workstation related benchmarking. This is a benchmark they created and they have released. You can run it publicly as a person, although it does publish your score. Or you know, if you have a full key, you can keep it secret. Um, uh, this it takes Adobe Premiere Pro and it runs it through. Um, various scripts, you know, editing stuff, moving, adding stuff to the timeline, and then as well as scrubbing through the, the live playback score. So like when you're playing the video back, which is actually very important for a video editor, and then it exports it. So it's sort of like a, a good look at all of it. And we see scores for the GPU score, effect score, live playback score, and export score. So basically sort of different modes of what a video editor might do that that impact it so you can see basically the stock intel alder lake is about 1141 and with igp it's 1566 so if you turn off the integrated graphics um amd by the way didn't seem to get any benefit from it at all so it was pointless to even put anything up here which th that was uh, that's what i was confused about i, I was uh, a little, little bummed you know to not see any uplift in live playback because that's you know, the gaming would have been just kind of a fun thing to check out. Maybe we'll do that later. But you know, if if you're not going to get it in that that live playback number, uh, I was I was real bummed to see that. Yeah, you know, and, and again, so the 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 big difference between Alder Lake with uh, with IGP off and on is in live playback. That is un <laughs> undoubtedly where Adobe is using QuickSync, Intel QuickSync, you know, that, that cool little hardware, dedicated circuits in the media engine doing the encode. It gives a huge advantage to Intel, and AMD just does not benefit from that. I don't know if it's because drivers aren't there yet, but I do suspect a lot of this is because uh, Adobe basically is, is written to use QuickSync there. So there's some acceleration yeah. that takes advantage of QuickSync. And that is the very important thing I've been talking about for months and months and months. This is developer relations. You know, uh, if you're Adobe and you go, hey, we need help with this feature, they pick up the phone, they call up Intel, they call up NVIDIA, they call up AMD, or actually, sorry, I didn't mean to say AMD. I mean, they call up Apple and say, you want this feature supported, you're going to send over four people to work on this for three months. Okay, that's like, I don't know. 
fifty thousand dollars in I'm just making that up. But so these companies will actually go out and help them, you know, optimize for their hardware. And this is exactly what they all do because that's that's how you do it. I think it's very similar to your store. You want me to sell Wonder Bread, and you you know you want you if you want me to do that, you need to have your person who's delivering it put it on the stocks because if, if I don't have to pay somebody to do that, you're going to do it. That's that's very similar to the way I I see this. AMD is much smaller. They don't have the developer relation budget in these areas that uh, NVIDIA and NVIDIA with CUDA has long been here. That's why they they really sing. Adobe's products sing in CUDA. Well, question for you, Gordon. Go ahead. Do you think that they are going to change that paradigm, though? Because it sounded like, I forgot what interview it was with them, where they were touting the fact that, you know, now that you have IGP, on Ryzen 7000 that, you know, you, you have these capabilities for, you know, encode, decode, all that on, on that package or on that die. Um, and so uh, if you actually look at, if I remember right, PC Welt's data, like DaVinci Resolve doesn't have that same Delta, like, you right. know, they're, they're more agnostic. So well, uh, DaVinci uses way more GPU than Premiere. Yeah. Premiere like uses a lot more CPU. Uh, so I, yeah. I think that's why it's a little more even. It's too. more agnostic, but I'm just wondering if it, there's incentive from both sides uh, for Adobe and AMD to get that in there. Um, just because I mean, you just switched, right? Like you, you abandoned Premiere Pro. And so I feel like Premiere may not have the same appeal as it used to because it is locking people more into an ecosystem. I wonder, just because I'm surprised to hear people abandoning Premiere. Well, I mean, you you hear of person, a person. No, I, I I know plenty of people. Yes. Yeah, you know plenty. Is, Believe there's me. There's a groundswell. When but they still, I mean, people, the vast, a lot of people used to think majority, result. but the majority, I I still know the vast majority are still on Premiere. Yeah. So again, yeah, like, yeah. You know, we're like, oh my god, Da Vinci's. Oh, they've got like three percent market share. I mean, it's just not. It's not. I, you realistically, the Adobe is the is the I, I'm trying to say this? They're the president maker here because I, you know, we transitioned to newer phrases, so now it's they're they're the they're the president maker here. They basically, if you have Adobe, you you have a platform, and you have a platform people want. So basically, they get to tell Apple, Intel, and uh, Nvidia what they want, and they will do it because basically, if you don't have Adobe Creative Cloud, you're nobody. And Yes, uh, I brought that up in a Q and A did with uh, Lisa Sue a while ago, and because I was like, "Look, developer relations is really, really important because Intel. You know what? You can cry foul all you want, but they've been putting money into this, sending people out to help these companies do stuff to benefit their products. They're not doing that to benefit everybody else, right? That's just not the way the world works. They've been doing it for a long time. Are you going to do it? And she said, "Yeah, you know, we we're increasing our, you know, but it, again." The reason why NVIDIA and CUDA and Premiere are just, they, they stomp everybody is because NVIDIA and CUDA, they've been here for such a long time. So you get in ahead of everybody, you put your money into it, you invest in that, it pays off dividends later on. So I don't know how long it's going to take for that to shift. And no, as much as I wish DaVinci would take off because we do need alternatives, <laughs> no, it is not going to make any damn difference. Here's I I'm just saying, Gordon. Yeah, no, I know. It, I, I'm with it, you. It's, it's not, I'm saying that there's going to be this amazing reversal and like there's just this tide that's going to sweep everything away. But, 
It used to be that Apple had a stranglehold in production. They don't necessarily have the stranglehold anymore. So yeah. I'm just, I'm not saying that the market share is going to go like from this to this. I'm just saying it's make just go a little bit more like this, which you get to enough of a point. It does put enough pressure on companies sometimes to be like, oh, we, we do better. actually need to pay attention over there. Yeah. Well, we need to do something about that. But I don't think, so the thing is like, say like, you know, because if you're Adobe, you're just sitting on this, on this, on this mountain looking down at everybody. And you go like, oh, I got a, I got a competitor for DaVinci. There's a lot of hype over it. This, this a-hole Adam Patrick Murray keeps talking about how we switched to DaVinci, right? And I'm like, what are we going to do about this, boss? Well, get on the phone and call AMD and get their asses up here and do some work for us. I mean, that's, I mean, well, I think the work, thing is, I wouldn't say, I guess I would disagree with like, oh, we're doing this. And Adobe is not doing this to intentionally keep AMD out. Adobe's basically saying, again, like you go to your supermarket and you know who's stocking the shelves, the delivery, like they bring up the Wonder Bread, they're putting it on the shelf themselves. What the hell kind of business? Because the store is like, you want me to sell that stuff? This is part of the deal. You put that on there, right? So reality is AMD's got to put money, more money into developer relations Absolutely. than they are. And it, it'll take a while. Absolutely. I'm, I, I didn't say that it was all Adobe's fault. Yeah. I was just saying that there wasn't really that same opportunity for them before. And now there is. So I just interested yeah. to see if it's going to become a thing and how quickly it will become a thing. I, if I, it does. I mean, yeah, well, I, I really do hope IGP support comes to Premiere and, you know, like this. So you for can Adobe? benefit off of that. Yeah. Right. Like, like, because or for, for, for us end users who can use that, because like that, when they said, oh, hey, every Ryzen 7000 part's going to have IGP, I said, hell yeah, give me that IGP because then it's going to benefit video editors like myself. Right. Uh, you know, like, uh, uh, sure, there's other benefits, but like for me, I was excited about that. And then to see this benchmark and be like, no, you, I mean, sh yes, you are getting good uh, benefits from the 7000, but if, if it's over, if I have the choice of that or an Intel chip that has IGP, I'm going to go with the Intel chip because it has the support like for right. that playback. Like that play playback number is is huge. That's not just like, oh, 10% better, you know, maybe you feel, maybe you won't. You will feel that. Gordon, you said even see running seeing the benchmark run live playback was you could visibly see it. Uh yeah. the, the you difference. could see where yeah. the Ryzen 7000 was, you know, once in a while, you know, dropping frames, doing a hiccup and the system with quick sync on was butter smooth the whole time. So yeah, I, I hope, I hope, I really do hope that that does support does come to to to, to Ryzen seven thousand because that's that's a major benefit to have, uh, I you know, IG IGP on a chip. Uh, Slim Jim, friend of the show, Slim Jim says. Gordon, maybe we shouldn't use IGP uh, on if AMD cannot handle it. Otherwise, it's not a fair comparison. You're handicapping AMD. Yes. I mean, that's the classic like, well, you know, this you're hurting my team. So let's handicap your team. I Look, my argument is like these are just you're making a decision as a buyer. You want to know what it is with it on, with it off. Because, yeah, you know what? If you buy KF part, good luck turning on that IGP. So I think you just need to know. If you need information, you're going to go like, oh, look at this Premiere score. I need to also, I'm going to buy Intel one because I went QuickSync, and there's no way I'm going to buy one with a fused off IGP, right? Because I need, I need that QuickSync. I need that media encode engine. So, well, and and to 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 say it from the other side, and and I don't mean to call out Steve on this, uh, but you know, love Steve. But when I watched his video, his his, his number did not have IGP on. He also did not show the sub scores. It was just the overall score. Uh, so. 
you know, like if I'm if I'm literally just a consumer and I'm watching just Steve's video and I see, oh, wow, Premiere Pro does way better on Ryzen 7000, which it does, you know, but most of the 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 uh, the benefit is from the export score, um, then I would go out and buy it and, and not realize like, well, actually, if you get an Intel chip that does have IGP support, you're actually going to have a smoother edit- editing experience. So from a review standpoint, I would I, I would want them to show it with IGP on. Uh, right, I think they're right. Oh, sorry. I thought you were pausing. Go no, ahead. No, but I mean, that's so, why that's why we show both. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What Gordon did is the right approach. He has it on and off. So with it off, it's apples to apples. You can see exactly what the difference is. And you have it on and you can see what you get in the real world. So it's not just technology porn at that point. It's here's what you're actually getting. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that should be pointed out. It's like, look, uh, every and number one, I, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Steve and mm-hmm. Paul and everybody who's out there and who's just doing their benchmarks on these parts. So I many mean, reviews. <laughs> there's so many reviews that are out there. Everybody has been busting their buns for, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can say how many days, but let's say everybody is like, you know, literally working 16 hour days. You don't want to run one more damn test, but it always comes down to run one more damn test. And that's why in order for you as the person watching this for the, the huge tax that you're paying by running your ad blocker on YouTube ads, you need to watch many, many reviews, read many, many reviews, and then see what applies to you like some of these things just simply don't may not apply to you because like for me i'm not looking at it from a small form factor point of view maybe somebody's not looking at it from like maybe somebody's like only going to do it like i want to know what the light with a like if i'm running an air cooler right so maybe somebody out there has done testing with air coolers you need to go out and look at all the different tests and figure out what's right for you there is no place there's no way with something so complicated that you could just simply get one answer and at the same time Remember, every single reviewer has just like busted their ass to get you this stuff <laughs> on time, on embargo. I can't even see straight now. So again, you need to thank people sometimes. I'm not saying me because I, I I'm not going to ask for thanks. I'm saying go out to to Steve or or Paul and Linus and all the people doing all this testing. Getting like, hey, you know, I appreciate this. You didn't have what I wanted, but I appreciate you busting your ass to do this. So I just for just sure, yeah. This. this isn't the, to call out Steve and say he was wrong. It's just yeah. Like, oh definitely, yeah. Definitely go. You know, watch everybody's reviews. There's a lot of ways to look at the numbers. Uh, Plus, there's also if yeah. If you want to see a review of the 7950X with a knock to a high end air cooler, uh, you got to go check out Tech Power Up just to follow yeah. up on that. And look, uh, yeah, <laughs> Tech Power Up. I mean, and again, like, and again, the thing is like. There's just different philosophies, too, because I can understand why a lot of people go like, you know what? I'm not going to test with IGP on because you do a build, you plug it into your graphics card, which is what you should be doing. IGP is off automatically on all Intel systems, right? So if you go into Premiere, you go into Handbrake, anything that tries to access that media encode engine, it ain't there. You have to actually activate that manually in the BIOS or you have to plug it into the you know onboard uh, HDMI or DisplayPort, and then that kicks it on. It, it really is, it is actually a configuration that a lot of people might be running incorrectly. They may not even realize. You know, most people who build a machine, they don't. They're running Premiere. They, the IGP may actually be off. So I can understand that because it's like, look, if you're not turning it on, then I'm not going to do that. So, 
Yeah. I yeah. just want to give people more data. For sure. For sure. Uh, I guess also uh, Dr. Ian Cutris from Tech Tech Potato is in here and said he did his testing on the Noctua uh, DH15 as well. See, so. there you go. Go over to Tech Tech uh, Potato. A like and subscribe, by the way, over there, and see what <laughs> I I have to go look now because I am actually kind of interested to see how it does on a on a Noctua. Yeah, for sure. Um, wow. Okay, that's a, that's a lot of Ryzen seven thousand. Uh, we do have uh, some stuff planned in the future. I will say, I got in a system. It's literally right behind me uh, from Falcon Northwest that has a seventy nine hundred X. I'm doing some uh, testing on that, especially to look at undervolting. Uh, to see, you know, how, if these chips can benefit anything from undervolting. We got that. Gordon uh, is going to do kind of a fun test on putting an air cooler on a 7950X. Uh, look, look for that. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. Uh, we have some buying advice pieces, you know, come coming out soon. I mean, there's there's still a lot of goodness to uh, yep. kind of wrap our heads around here. And then I mean, we know at some point 13th Gen is going to come out before the end of the year. So Gordon's got to do it all over again and... <laughs> We'll get back to the the grindstone that way, um, but yeah, a lot a lot of good information out there. Uh, you know, we, we've got, we've got two videos up today, obviously than than this, um, but yeah, there's still still more to get into. Hey, and anything else? It's just the start. It is just the start. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always yep. fun testing to be had, I, and yep. there's a lot of really good tests out there. It, it yep. is always interesting to see what videos focused on what like uh like tech testers did like just pure gaming benchmarks like 20 plus games benchmarked on the cpus uh some people focused on the 7600x some people focused on the you know 7950x like we did uh we actually do have all all the chips in house so we're you know we're going to be doing various things i actually do want to build a small form factor box with a 7950x run it in 65 watt eco mode and you know see see what kind of fun i can get out of it so That'll be coming for damn sure. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to cover on on Ryzen seven thousand that we haven't mentioned? Uh, are you guys going to be covering seventy six hundred X? We do have one. Yes, I, I, I like. Yeah. I, I don't know if we'll do Gordon. What do you What do you think? You're going to fire up well, a bunch of benchmarks, or I think honestly, you know, Welt is here. We have Welt's PC mm-hmm. Welt numbers, and we it's, do. it is Windows eleven to Windows ten Radeon versus GeForce. I, I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily the time investment. We'll see. We'll see because there's just yeah. a lot to do. I we'll mean, do some stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as resin itself goes, I think the only things left, just to put a neat bow on it, most people are probably already know it, but the platform cost itself is higher. This is the start of AM5. You're gonna have to buy a new AM5 motherboard. Right now, it's only X670 and X670E. The uh, B class ones are coming out next month. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to get a 7600X, you might want to wait for those. Uh, PCIe five, DDR five, DDR five only, unlike Alder Lake. So, have we seen any board prices yet? I'm wondering. <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to look. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we anticipate it to be higher though, kind of like uh, Alder Lake boards. Um, also PSA, just if you've been building AMD for forever and you have forgotten about what LGA is like, do not lose your motherboard socket cover. Yes. If you're doing a DIY build, just pro tip. Yeah, that is just that 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 is that is like if you yes. Yeah, so again, if you're buying if LGA of course moves pins to the socket, they are very delicate and they are not fun to unbend. Generally, you can't. 
if you have that board and you need to arm it for something else going bad on the board, most motherboard companies will not accept a board if that original plastic cover is not in place. So that is so don't lose that. Either tape it inside your case or keep it in the motherboard box with all your spare modular power supply cables or something, but do not lose that cover. <laughs> uh, good point. Actually, I, I do have one more thing. Uh, there is a video from Der Bauer up uh, where he delitted a uh, 7950X uh, and put on his own custom IHS solution. Uh, and it dropped temps by 20 C. Wow. <laughs> because so it sounds like what happened is that they they had to keep the same height for yep. compatibility of the coolers. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I guess the distance between the, the actual die and the 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 lid the ihs whatever amd calls it uh is is taller so i don't know he he explains it way way better than i do but either way delitting actually he was like he, he you see him like look at the numbers he's like wait is this is this right this doesn't this doesn't but seem he, to be real so basically he delitted it and replaced the um stock ihs on there right uh, integrated well, heat spreader for the people not into the terminology well uh well no he he actually he deleted it he he kind of cnc'd his own little uh yeah. um uh thing to yeah, hold so it down and then mounted it straight on the io die so like he mounted the cooler straight on it there was no oh new, okay new, new lid which i i think he's probably going to do that uh, later as well i didn't get to watch the whole video but uh, it was well, it direct you wonder, it was direct to die yes sorry easier i mean because direct to die is that's been always like a, a, a wonderful advantage. But if you want to go back to the original Athlon days and like, oh, I crushed my die, that is one problem with it. <laughs> Although I, it kind of makes you wonder like, so they basically, you know, that, that uh, the integrated heat spreader, which is that big chunk of metal on top of the dies, it's made to be compatible with existing coolers. And if it's probably then pretty thick, so you do wonder, like, could there be an aftermarket for, you know, thinner IHS? So you would have to sell it with new brackets because all of the coolers are made for a certain Z height. So maybe you could you could make a new IHS to put on top of it, and then you would have to get new a new mount screws offset for your existing cooler. That gives you protection so you're not going to smash or crack the dies, but also then it should give you better thermals on the thing. I'd be interesting because I mean, it'd be like <laughs> you're in Alder Lake, you get that little whatever anti bend thing on the outside, and if you're doing in as seven thousand, you you deal it and you do the the thinner IHS. You know that. Uh, a question yeah. for you, Adam. Actually, yeah. does Jabalar uh, talk about how easy it is to delid? Because I feel like delitting always has that like first major hurdle, which is delit it without destroying. Yeah, actually, he 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 was he said he was worried, but it actually wasn't. He he showed the process of putting it in and then kind of rocking it back and forth, uh, and he was worried that the because of the way it has the notches, if yep. the lid was going to start rubbing against whatever those exposed things are, it it actually didn't with it, Ooh, with the tool he used. So he was like, "Oh, that was actually pretty easy." Um, how how tolerant do you think people would have been of requiring new mounts? Because when we went to twelfth gen, you know, you could use your existing you know, 11th gen mount or bracket, but you had to get a different uh, lower, uh, different screws because the Z height was slightly different. Would people have been tolerant of like, you need to get new mounts for these? Because that I could have been one way to do it. 
I think that people are resistant to having to upgrade additional parts in general. But that being said, at the start of a new platform, that'd probably be a good place to do it. Yeah, so. I, I almost kind of okay. wish they would have. Like, well, I guess it depends. If if they would have had seen a huge, you know, benefit from it, they probably internally, I, maybe they tested. I'm sure they tested it Some, somewhere mm-hmm. internally. They tested it and they were like, well, is it better to yeah. keep compatibility or is it better to have, you know. 5c better temperatures i you know yeah yeah, they're already asking us to buy new memory potentially new ssds stuff like that with the platform change so to me it makes sense just from a customer experience angle to take that hit there yeah it kind of feels like it it would have been a good time to sort of cross that uh take that uh uh that that right instead of going left but then at the same time you know people are they're already angry already angry even going to LGA and AM5. Like people really would literally want to continue on an AM4 even though it would handcuff these CPUs. People would want to do that because that's just what they want. But I, you know, AMD's got to, they got to go like, look, we got to go forward. So I kind of wonder if that's like one thing they should have said, look, just do what Intel made you do and get new offsets for your coolers. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that is a good question. Uh, well, you know what? I, I can put in a, a poll. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so, okay. <laughs> uh yeah well i guess speaking of hot and fast gpus we yeah uh there's been a lot of gpu talk around here already <laughs> but uh we haven't had brad on in a while so i wanted to get his take on the uh, rtx 40 series launch rdna3 right around the corner <coughs> gpu uh you know 30 series and rx7 or Five thousand six out. What is the current? Anyway, prices are coming down on current gen parts. We have new next gen parts coming out. Brad, Elena, I want to hear. I want to hear people's thoughts. Uh, the R, RTX forty series is pretty unusual. Uh, very weird. Uh, I understand why everyone was bumming about the prices. Uh. NVIDIA is clearly trying to have its cake and eat its too, trying to move all the existing RTX 30 series stock and having these cards priced above it so they can do that. I wouldn't be surprised if after RDNE 3 came out, if it's competitive, uh, we'll see the prices fall on these rapidly-ish. I think NVIDIA is going to work through its stock, even if RDNA 3 comes out and kicks butt. They need to get rid of the old GPUs before prices start coming down on these. Uh, the interesting parts to me... Price-wise, is usually the higher up you go in the stack, the less value per dollar it is. But unusually, the 4090 looks like it's going to be a lot better deal than the either of the 4080s, 4080s, in the case of the <laughs> 4080 12 gigabyte. Uh, so that's unusual as well. Uh, they're clearly trying to push people to be like, uh, you know, 1200 bucks for a 16 gigabyte 4080. Might as well just spend that extra couple hundred bucks and get a better value 4090 instead. Uh, the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte uses a completely different GPU, not just a cut down GPU, but a completely different GPU from the 16 gigabyte 4080. Uh, I find that really sketchy. Like in the end, they are just product names, but that's still very anti-consumer and dishonest to a degree because there's no indication. I'm sure they'll just be sold as 4080 12 gigabyte and 16 gigabyte. People buying that box have no idea that the 16 gigabyte is a completely different GPU that's probably much slower uh, and probably should have been called the 4070. 
Well, which uh, I think I think it was Jay who said it that that they should actually have specs on boxes. Like it should be almost mandatory to be like, hey, yeah, you know, you might see a forty eighty sixteen and a forty eighty twelve, and then just look at the V or just look at the sixteen or the twelve and be like, ah, it's the same. I guess I'll just use less VRAM, whatever. But without <laughs> all all of the specs on the side of the box, you don't realize that it is. A completely different GPU. It's not, or they could just VM. not do anti-consumer practices and give different <laughs> products different names. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to think of like what was the reason for it because they, I mean, don't you think it's just because I mean it is clear that probably wouldn't have been a forty seventy if all things were normal. But do you think yeah. it was really because they like you know what forty? I mean, but it would have been okay though, right? Because. I know it's weird because you have 3080 Ti, 3080, even 3090, 3090 Ti in there, but I think a lot of people go like, well, 4070 is different. I'm still trying to understand the rationale by calling it 4080, you know, unless uh, 4070 was going to be pared down even more from the beginning. I it really just, I'm, I'm still a little confused by the whole naming of the two lower end parts. My guess, my opinion is that... They wouldn't want to put out a 4070 when they're still trying for more money than a 3080 when they're trying to say the 3080 is a fantastic value and it has a higher number than the 4070 does, but it's a hundred bucks left. So there's part of that. Uh, I think part of it is that is a 4070 in my opinion, like historically that would have been a 4070, Uh, but NVIDIA needs this thing to sell for a certain amount of money, both because of economic reasons, you know, five nanometer wafers are cost a lot more money than samsung 10 nanometer wafers do uh but also because they do need to clear out all this old stock stuff so and they are trying to obviously raise prices they've been i've been saying this for years ever since the 20 series they like they're trying to move it into being a luxury product and i think if they tried putting out a what was it 900 dollars was it 799 or 899 for the 40 for 80 12 gigabyte but they tried putting a if they tried putting out a nine hundred dollar forty seventy, people would have been even more up in arms, even though it is functionally a forty seventy. But we're gonna have to see where the chips fall. I mean, these things do look freaking beastly. They look great. They look especially great. I mean, we're gonna have to wait till we get tests on them. But uh, the forty ninety, you know, ray tracing DLSS three, they all look interesting. They all look great. Uh, that shader execution reordering could make a big difference for rasterized games, traditional games. So that's cool. Uh, I have no doubt that these cards will be excellent, but the price is just crazy. Uh, DLSS three is something I'm really interested to see because it's making up frames. That's part of how it's literally hallucinating frames. So I'm going to (laughs) be, that's, that's what the term is for machine learning hallucinating. So uh, uh, like, I'm really curious to see, in both the games they showed off with DLSS 3 was Flight Simulator and Cyberpunk. And in both of them, it was just the plane flying in a straight line and the car flying in a straight line. And with the way they're saying like seven out of eight pixels are being hallucinated or generated by the AI at this point, I'm curious to see how it actually responds in motion. Like Sorry. DLSS 3 looks awesome frame rate wise, but I'm not sure it'll hold up fidelity wise. And I'm really interested to try testing that. Uh, right. The friend of the show, Ziv, says, uh, I'm tripping frames, man. I'm <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that is definitely one of those things that I think is going to be very uh, 
you got to see the testing on that, right? With DLSS traditionally and FSR traditionally upscaling methods, a lot of it is kind of based on preference, you know, whether you want to have the native or, or not, uh, whether you're okay with maybe a perform or a, a, an image loss, what kind kind of image degradee is, is it, is it ghosting? Is it like artifacting? Like there's all this kind of weird special sauce that's like very dependent on per personal taste, but this is like actually giving you extra frames that are so made up. You're, yeah. So you're essentially <laughs> getting better performance and also visually, we don't know what kind of visual compromises we're going to get on both ends. So, yep. Yep. I tell you what, though, FSR two and XESS both look great from what we've seen of XESS and what we have tested in FSR two. Uh, DLSS two used to be the secret sauce for NVIDIA. FSR two is not quite as good, but right there next to it. Uh, if depending DLSS, on yeah, depending on the game uh, and the scene, all that jazz, it's, that's the same caveats for every single one of these. Yeah. But if DLSS 3 can come out and does what it says and looks good, like that's a big feather in the we need AI to do this kind of stuff, Cap, as opposed yeah. to AMDs, we can do this with the shader. And that could be a huge win for NVIDIA if it turns out as good as, you know, they're hyping it up to be. So, Brad, uh, I was talking with Gordon and Jared about this last week, like, and I, I want to get your take and uh, Elena's as well. Like, w w at, at what point do we say, "Hey, this is the future"? Like, hey, you know what? If you have AI, if you have some sort of upscaling or, uh, uh, what was it? You know, uh, hallucination mode. <laughs> you know, like, at what point do you just say, "You know what? I'm going to benchmark everything that way because everyone should just use everything that way." This is the future. Traditional rasterization is dead. Where where do you where do you see, think that tipping point is? I want Elena to go first. Um, <laughs> perfect, because you're trying to catch me off guard here because I'm checking a bunch of things that are going off on other devices here. Um, you know, honestly, what I was going to say about all of this is that speaking as somebody who who shops from less of a like performance porn enthusiast type perspective it doesn't like i'm probably gonna like someone, someone's probably gonna quote me on the internet and i'm gonna become, i'm gonna become a meme from this <laughs> but meme. like i it doesn't really matter to me you know what i mean where it's like in the end for a lot of people who are playing games what matters is how it looks and how it handles and how it feels right like I mean, and I have, because I have, I come from a console background, which I'm not supposed to mention ever here, but I do. And I have a lot of people that I still follow from the games industry who are in the console space as well. And somebody made it, you know, made a joke the other day about how they're like, so PC gamers gave us a bunch of crap about checkerboarding. And now they're, they're like, ooh, DLSS 3.0. They're like, this is, this is kind of crap. Like, you know, I mean, it's your team. So now you're excited. But when it's our team, you know, you're, you're just, you know, giving us a bunch, you're just heckling us. And I, I think I kind of have the same attitude where it's like, look, if it looks good to you and if it works for you, great. It, uh, if you have to, if you have to take some, you know, creative methods to get to the place you want to be i mean you can debate that intellectually but otherwise at the end of the day just really about how it works and it doesn't work so you're tacitly saying that pc is better i'm just trying to think I, I <laughs> well no i have a whole separate thing that i wanted to talk about but i wasn't gonna let brad finish because mm. i wanted to talk about pricing and 
GQ mm-hmm. classes and how much I care about those things and what it means for the masses and all that. But I'm going to wait until we're mm-hmm. done with this part. BB's also agreeing PC's better. Yeah. PC is better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, PC better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, did you squeeze that cat to make it say something? <laughs> just, no, just a little hungry. bit. Just a little bit. She's also very hungry. hungry. It's not squeezing. It's hugging. Uh, <laughs> I kind of think we might be already there. Like, people are dumping on all this stuff. I think NVIDIA was right with the best ass making. I think ray tracing will be the future. I think AI-assisted uh, visual generation in games is probably the future between hearing everyone at NVIDIA talk between hearing what Tom Peterson has been saying when he comes and talks to us about XESS and Intel arc, like all the engineers and the scientists and GPU designers that I follow on Twitter, like everyone's real excited about AI and ray tracing. Like, I think that is where the industry is going to go. I think the question is how long does it take to get there? Well, and I, I think for me too is like it's it's it would be easy if hey you know what everyone just had DLSS three cool then it doesn't matter you want it on do you want it off it doesn't matter but now it's like every game has a different implementation every game even could have a different version of the same tech like there's some games that are launching with DLSS what two point one or whatever instead of two point two mm-hmm. the newest thing you know so you got to remember like oh okay wait which which version of DLSS is better than the you know the next or the newest so. Like, I I think for me, I don't think we're there yet because it is still so confusing and every game implements it differently. Uh, yeah. And, and you almost have to have like a, like, you know, a digital foundry to go look it up and be like, okay, well, I mean, that's what I usually do anyway is like, hey, what what, what are some recommended settings <laughs> for, you know? I would, then... I would love if what happened to upscaling technologies is like what happened to... Uh g-sync free sync monitors the adaptive sync monitors that's the term so you know nvidia came out first had the best tech next thing you know amd introduced free sync amd put up a fight eventually everyone kind of standardized around free sync g-sync still around as a premium upsell like i would love for that to happen to upscaling solutions as well like i'm fine with dlss3 or whatever leveraging ai generating frames all this all that but i would love for there to be the basic version of the tech like what fsr is or xess or whatever like we need a baseline at this point i feel like like a standard <laughs> yeah but that that's usually you know that only we're in the early days of it'll uh, happen it'll happen and that's usually where microsoft steps in and they you know they roll it into whoever sort of yeah. wins and gets rolled into DirectX or whatever they think benefits everybody and that everybody can support usually yep. does get enrolled in a DirectX. So, but that feels like that's like <laughs> yeah. two years, three years away, maybe at the, at the earliest. Yeah. It is, it is unfortunate because it's an amazing technology. And at this point, it, the vast majority of them do need to be implemented by game developers. who only have so much time on their hands who, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It'd be cool if they could just go, Oh, Hey, we're going to support adaptive sync or. Yeah this version and this is the thing that came out of interview with jared i did when they first were doing two you know rtx 2000 uh a while ago 20 series was like look because you know he he was at pc gamer at the time and you know they deal with a lot of developers and everything and he's like developers really like the concept of ray tracing because it just saves them so much you know work Mm -hmm. basically making these fake lighting models is a ton of work and it sounded like they were like you know what we we would like to move to ray tracing, you know, because it just makes it easier. You don't have to deal with it. So, 
That's like I was saying, everyone I talk to, man, everyone thinks it's coming. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I mean that's why Nvidia has has bet they bet on this so heavily, right? They cuz that is the future as much as people want to deny that's the future, but that that is the future. It's just a question of how we get there and how messy it's going to be to get there, so. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited about all of it. I think these things are going to be beasts. I'm excited about everything except for the price, let's say. Do you everything? Actually, yeah. All these are going to be beasts. DLSS 3 uh could be eh but I think it's probably going to be pretty good just going off of what DLSS 2 is, but we'll see. Uh, I really love that it has dual AV1 encoders, so Intel Arc's big advantage didn't last very long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> NVIDIA might come out first. Well, the a- 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 A380, it did come oh, out Oh, our before. A380 came yeah, out. I, yeah, I, I, we got one of those. Uh, actually, yeah, the the dual AV one, I, I I am pretty excited to test. Uh, supposedly support in OBS and in DaVinci, two things I use regularly. Uh, are gonna, you know, hopefully get it soon. So, I mean, if I see a huge uptick, then oh man, you, you can guarantee I'm I'll be excited about that. <laughs> but, uh, but and then you know, hashtag wait for RDNA three. I I do think oh, there before might we be... do that, oh. what did what did Elena want to say about oh the Arch- yeah yeah. Oh. 40 series. So, okay, so the news the news came out, right? Everybody's pretty excited. Everybody is, you know, giving NVIDIA what's probably rightful uh crap for the whole weird naming scheme with the two forty eighty cards. Anti-consumer. Um, yeah. And I I was I actually was talking with Brad about this, you know, offline pitching stories. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that, you know, if like I was re-entering the market after years of not having built a PC or even bought a PC, you know, like let's say I'm on like a six to seven year or more cycle because, you know, my needs are being met. I would And there's been a mining. Yeah, and I would be so confused what things meant, right? Like, if you bought a PC eight years ago and you got, like, a 970, those cards were 330. Now, a 70-class card is, runs you, like, what, $550, $600 easily? Depends uh, in, if you consider a 4080 a 70-class, but yeah, I get what you mean. Right? <laughs> like, like, it's gone to a point now where it's it's the classes don't really mean much in a way. Like we've been talking about this for years where we started saying like they stopped meaning as much. And now I'm starting to get to a point where I feel like they just don't mean anything to uh, a standard consumer because, you know, you buy on price. Typically you don't necessarily target class in so far as like, yes, I'm always going to like, there are some people out there who are like, I'm always going to be a 90 class buyer, but I feel like I'm really talking about, you know, the bulk of PC gamers, the bulk of people who are buying cards, which puts you more in a, what, two to maybe $600 range here, right? Um, even going to the five mm-hmm. and 600 range is already kind of getting up there. And so at that point, you're like, great, I, I used to have a, a 70 class card. I would love to get another one. Oh, crap. Like, that's way at my price range. What's, what's available for me? Oh, nothing. Right. And I feel like between the whole like clearing the stock kind of issue that NVIDIA has, I mean, this is like the trickle down effect of pandemic weirdness, right? Like people who don't shop at the high end are just kind of in a stuck between two let's say rock and a hard place but they're not really really great positions either right where it's like either you save up more than you wanted to for a card or you're stuck with older technology at 
maybe better prices than MSRP, original MSRP, but not necessarily like fire sale prices yet. And I see Gordon. Gordon would like to request the floor now. <laughs> no, continue on because I have a little bit to say too. So he's excited um, to spend a ton of money. He just can't he's wait. To <laughs> he's very excited yeah. to spend a ton of money. So all this to say, I totally get why a lot of people's reaction to the 40 series announce was kind of like, eh. Like it feels almost as not exciting for different reasons as 20 series, right? And 20 series is more because of the, the rasterization performance relative to the whole ray tracing kind of like thing. But this, I think, has to do more with like where people are at budget wise and, you know, what options are available for them given those budgets. And so that's all a very long way of saying like, man. It sucks to be somebody who has to actually <laughs> stick to a budget. <laughs> yes, Gordon, Gordon, I see you the, have floor. the floor. I, 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 I see like the to, floor to Mr. Ung. You never know, like you get the you like you're like, oh teacher, I gotta answer this. And you're like, <laughs> it's been five minutes. My arm's getting tired now. <laughs> uh, I I I think you know it's funny because you know, I've had it's been about a week now to kind of digest all this, because you know, all the Ryzen seven thousand excitement kind of in there as well. But you know, I, I I've really come to like two things and then i my opinion is going to be very unpopular here and and that is i i just, I just don't i just don't understand look i know why the prices are high they are artificially high intentionally because they have to launch on top of older products but i, I guess what i don't understand because everybody's running to the outrage machine like i gotta be outraged in the internet but i, I do think that is are we not living in the same world because it's it's it feels very much like people being angry over like they were angry over like oh my god 6500 xt like people complained about the 6500 xt in a world where you couldn't get anything zero this is different no no but i mean so but i mean you can't how do you how are people able to divorce the actual current situation the world events that we're in from from the actual look these companies they don't make things in a vacuum just to sell to you they're not like they don't they're not making it just to sell to you they have to make it based on what the world environment's like what the what the market they're going into and if there is basically train loads of 30 series cards still coming and they got to sell them 30 70 them 30 series cards with the 40 series at the same time they're going to price them high until the 30 series are essentially Finally, you know, sunsetted like previous generations, right? That's why the prices are high. So once those generation of parts go away, you can imagine the prices likely coming down. I can't imagine, um, especially plus, you know, they have competition from AMD and Intel. So they are going to, the prices will come down. So realistically, they had to make that decision because it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge turd sandwich that everybody has has to take a bite out right now because they got the train loads of 30 series they got the 40 series that have been sitting in a warehouse for forever and they got to launch them mm -hmm. where in this world do you think they're like oh you should just sell these at the lower prices i'm used to so that you basically have all these 30 series parts that are absolutely I, my that's not realistic I didn't think saying. I said anything in regards to what they should be doing no I'm no just saying that no he's, he's just asking I'm just oh, asking okay. I'm just saying I'm just saying not for you Elena because I understand your I understand your actually where you're coming from I think that's fine but I to me the issue is all the outrage like you should be selling the the, the 12 gig 4080 as a 4070 for 
I don't know. Would they be angry if it were $800? But, you know, honestly, I don't, I honestly could not see selling a 4070 at that huge of a, of a price cap. I mean, I just kind of feel like it's just like some of it's a little unreasonable because it's just market realities. They, they're just stuck. They got all these damn cards they got to sell that everybody's got well, piles and piles of them. They got to sell everything. And that's just kind of so low. I'm just saying, because a lot of the reaction I'm saying, seeing is a lot of people like oh my god they're doing this just to piss me off it's like no they're doing it because they they're screwed they've got all these damn cards they got to sell so they got to sell some at the higher end and then here's my real point though here's my real point because well, i retort to yours so don't go too far off comment no i'm not going to go too far because one of the things like mark hoffman was like hey my kid wants to build a new he wants to build a gaming machine but the 40 series kind of wrecked those aspirations i was like well, I know that's what everybody is like. I don't know where this 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 world of privilege is from. Like, I need to be able to buy this at the lowest price possible. What I'm saying is like, look, you need to look at this. This actually may be possibly the best buyer's market that we're going to see in probably a, forever, maybe a mm -hmm. decade, right? Because basically you've got 40 series very expensive yes you can't get those you can't get the shiny new things for the absolute rock bottom prices but that puts pressure on the 30 series and there's already reports of 30 70s going for like 400 dollars out there right so you've just like if so yeah maybe you're not going to get a shiny new 4070 for 400 dollars well you're never going to get that anyway it was never going to be 400 dollars those days are probably gone forever but you're going to be able to get a 3070, a 37 Ti, a 3080. It's just like absolute rock bottom prices. And then you've got AMD. Like, <laughs> we got all our cards we got to get rid of. And we got new stuff coming out too. And you got Intel. Like, got, they got to get rid of their cards. Yeah, you're not going to get the shiny new things at absolute rock bottom prices. Those will be at the enthusiast rich people prices. But like, actually, regular gamers are going to have the absolute best buyer's market probably ever i mean i mean probably the last time was like rx 480s for 150 bucks right yep. so think of like 3060 now 180 dollars 200 dollars because the huge pricing pressure is on everybody it's actually kind of a positive in a way unless you want to buy the brand new shiny new thing so i just kind of feel well, like sometimes the outrage pressure the outrage muscle is a little too out of control here I, I understand I, I your point. I understand your point. I can see what you're talking about. I can also very much see the outrage machine or whatever you called it. Uh, because <laughs> one, uh, these prices are ridiculously high. Like for what they are, what you expect from a new generation of parts is maybe a little bit of a price increase. Hopefully not. The real reason to move to a new generation of technology is to move performance further which this generation is going to do, but it's doing it as a tax on top of last generation's performance. And that's unacceptable. Uh, it's a market reality because of where NVIDIA is. Like, it's what they have to do. I 100% agree with that. That being said, NVIDIA has also been trying to creep prices upwards before this. I was sounding this alarm long before mm -hmm. the shortages even started. I said it in the initial 3080 review which came out before the shortages started. I was talking about it when we always joke and talk about the RTX 2080 versus the 1080 Ti. What we're really talking about is Nvidia moving prices upwards without giving gamers more traditional performance and just trying to hype up ray tracing and DLSS. 
which is a fair approach for them. But NVIDIA has been trying to move stuff up forever is what I'm saying. They're taking advantage of this unique circumstance in history uh, to do that more so is what I think people feel. I think NVIDIA has a history of moving prices up to a painful degree, which I think people feel. Uh, I also 120% agree that this is what NVIDIA has to do right now just because that's where the world is. But that doesn't mean you got to buy it. Like, it doesn't mean it's going to be a good product. We're going to have to wait and test it. But, you know, if they're going to want to sell a $900 rename 4070, like, they're going to have to come up with the goods. And if it's not good enough, you don't have to buy it. I just want to point out one part that is a perfect example of this, exactly where it is. And I don't know if we're at that inflection point, but Core i7 6850X. Did I, get the, did I get it right? I can't remember what the damn name of it was. I think right. Yeah. 10 core Broadwell E. 6950. I remember right exactly down. the price. I don't remember the model number, but I remember the price. <laughs> it was $1,723. And the reason why it. it was basically two more cores than a uh, than the eight core, but a huge amount of money for that uh, that 10 core version is because at that time, Intel had absolutely zero competition and i would argue that yeah i know people are angry about like what in that nvidia is doing but where in the world is that are you seeing other companies not doing that how are remember how when it used to be like wow it's 500 dollars for the top of the line iphone how much is the top of the line iphone now 1300 dollars top of the line samsung 1300 dollars 1500 dollars these companies if they have zero competition they are going to raise prices. And the only way, of course, you do that is you buy competitors' products. I don't see a lot of, I mean, has AMD ever climbed above 20%? Honestly, they're doing pretty reasonably now, but like they are, this is just simply, they, this, I, I just don't get it because like people seem, I, the thing is like, look, it sounds like I'm defending NVIDIA, but what I'm saying is I, what I'm really saying is I'm not defending NVIDIA. I'm just saying like, is there anywhere in this for-profit driven corporate world that you are not seeing companies raise prices if there's no competition? Because that's exactly what happens. Consumers suffer when there's no competition. And no, I guess man, I guess... Arizona iced tea is like $1.29 now. It's not 99 what? cents anymore. Inflation. Yeah, they changed it. On the can? Even <laughs> yeah. on the can? Inflation. <laughs> Oh, oh, I saw era. that. And that was the dagger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Has Costco said the $1.50 dog? Stay they up. do. They do. It's a lot yeah, later, they... I think, at this point. That and the chicken. So, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. I just don't, there's, it, it just, it just, it's not, I don't understand the outrage because it's exactly, and that's why I'm saying, like, you know what? You don't understand the outrage? Like, no, do I, you really not understand, like, people are like, hey, man, you know, I've always been able to game. If I wanted a high-end card, I'd spend $500. If I wanted the most ridiculously possible future-proof card, it'd be $700. And now those same classes, you know, it's, what, five years later is twice that price. Well, like, I can understand why people are getting upset about that. I guess, see, the reason why <laughs> I say, like, look, um, the reason why I just don't understand it, and I legitimately don't, because, again, you used to pay $500 for an iPhone. You're now paying $1,300 for it. Do you see uh, iPhones, uh, do you see Apple's profit going down? Are they not a $3 trillion company? And the thing is like, <laughs> you say this, but let me tell you, I bet in like 
12 to 14 months and we see the, the market share numbers from JPR, I bet it's probably going to be like 80% NVIDIA, 20% Radeon. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm just like, I, I just don't. See, like at a certain point, it's like, come on. I, I if think you what really I, I, are I think that what angry, trying to say, I think what he's trying to say <laughs> is that corporate greed is corporate greed. It's not yeah. greed. There, I mean, what is greed? Well, but you're, you're saying you're about... saying like everybody's moving up. You know, like well, a Apple's moving up. So why is Apple moving up to like? Why, why do you saying, think Apple is moving up? I think that I think what Gordon is saying is that unchecked, people are going to run to excess no matter what. Well, that's or in the, this the, case, corporations I mean, are going to run to excess, right? They're going the, to they're, they're going to go as far as they can go until somebody or something stops them, right? So whether that's a competitor or consumer saying, "That's it, I'm closing my wallet," I'm pretending you don't exist anymore, whatever those two, you know, whatever other scenarios happen, that's what's going to happen. I think that's a slightly removed position from some of the other things that we're talking about here, which is that. Um, I mean, that, that also kind of assumes that there is no reason for people to be upset, which is, I think is Brad's position, which is that's not true. People are going to have emotions regardless, right? Like you can go through some major crap in life and still have very strong feelings about it, even though it's not going to change anytime soon. Um, if we want to do like a throwback, you know, about, you know, high costs and stuff, you know, my parents like to tell me all the time about how like interest rates used to be like eight or ten percent for a mortgage so like there's no reason for millennials to be complaining mm. about high housing costs or whatnot but that's kind of not looking at the full picture either of mm. like the circumstances that you know today's generations are living in in terms of like job stability wage increases inflation uh, you know, mobility, social, mo like uh, social economic mobility, things oh, like that. Toast. Right? Yeah. No, I know. So <laughs> it's just like, it's just like <laughs> people are going to be able to afford what they can afford. Companies are going to ask what they're going to ask. But I can tell you, there's a lot of people that I know anecdotally to use your phone example that, yeah, they're like, I can't afford a $1,300 phone anymore. So I'm now buying the budget $500 phone. The camera's not as good as I'd like it to be. I'm kind of unhappy about this, but this is what I can afford. Or you have people like my relatives who are like, you know what? I'm just going to like basically do a rolling finance of it, right? Where, where they're not really paying off the phones anymore. What they're doing is that they go, okay, I'll pay like $22 a month or whatever it is. And every two years when they say I can upgrade and still keep paying that $22, I'm basically leasing the phone, right? Oh, that's what... So GeForce now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know oh, what? No. The, yeah, that show. Oh, we got to get that in so, there. We got to get so, that in. So, so bring it back to the GPUs because <laughs> we are getting way off topic here. <laughs> I, it's a fun conversation, but I'm really interested. I think uh, we don't know any details about RDNA 3, 3 really yet, but I really think that they've said they're looking to move to the chiplet, I believe, with RDNA 3. So chiplets, they're going to bust out a bunch of the extra stuff on the IO dies and stuff like what they're doing with Ryzen. And if so, like this could be the perfect Ryzen moment for AMD. If the proof is in the pudding of that product and they're able to, cause if, when they split these chips up into chiplets, when they split these GPUs up in the chiplets, they'll be able to make it much cheaper. That's what made Ryzen much cheaper than that $1,723 core I seven or I nine part or whatever it was back then. 
there's a lot of parallels here with what NVIDIA is doing with the 4090 and the 4080. Yeah. You know, AMD came out with its Ryzen chiplet solution, readjusted everything. There's a right. chance if chiplets and GPUs, if they're able to knock it out of the park, they did with Ryzen, this could be the same situation over again. We're going to have to wait and see what they announce on November 3rd. But between the fact that they're moving the chiplets and unlike NVIDIA, they're really cramming hard on efficiency, which again, like we were talking about earlier, efficiency can mean many different things. Uh, so these could be rocking parts and seeing the 4090 and the 4080s announcements, seeing the reveals, seeing the specs, I'm like, damn, those things are going to fly. But those prices are high and <sighs> RDNA 3 has a big chance here if they can, you know, get the work done. Right. And again, you know, they if they if they sort of take that Ryzen, let's disrupt GPUs like they have mm -hmm. long been trying to do, they can really, this is like the perfect inflection point to really mess with NVIDIA. And mm -hmm. say like RDNA 3 comes out and it's really performance competitive and also very, very price competitive versus uh, NVIDIA, what, is, what, is, what does NVIDIA do? Mm -hmm. They put more pressure to, to just flush out these 3000 parts. We don't really know how many Mar, although they did, you know, Jensen did basically say, look, look, we've been, it's actually been winding down for a while. So it sounds like it could be like 4,000 series could be very, you could expect big price cuts in 4,000 series by the end of this year, possibly is what it sort of sounded like. We don't know, but that, that benefits consumers, right? That's, that's the best thing about competition. That's the only thing that's going to push things down. And, <clears throat> and again, <laughs> you're looking at getting a 3080 Ti for just like, dirt cheap and if anybody can tell you a 3080 ti is no good versus these next generation gpus it's like for the right price it's gonna be awesome so wait, i i think it's just i think wait, wait. there's a lot of good there wait are we having a moment of reversal where gordon is going to become the one in the future where he's like no 3080 ti that's the gold standard i don't want to hear anything about your 40 series cars. <laughs> you know it's based on it basically it's going to come down to the the pricing and performance of it you know really it comes down to the value of it but you know mm -hmm. I, I just i just want to i just want to point this out because i just feel like a lot of people you know because somebody just has to do this because nvidia for some reason is unable to just to say this but it's a lot of money for everything, right? They put billions of dollars into the sport. Yep. And just same thing earlier. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm making fun of Apple here because you're paying $1,300 for an iPhone. <laughs> Do you think it's really cheap to build your entire, like an entire, like uh, SOC that is just simply kicking the butt on yep. Qualcomm parts? That's not cheap. You're paying a lot of people a lot of money. You're getting in front of the line. And there's just... There's just a huge amount of investment, R&D investments in these products, which is why they cost so much. So that keeps them ahead of the well, one of the reasons why they why cost so much. One of the reasons. Well, yeah, maybe I, mean, I just they, you know they still it's like somebody get a, thinks a like they just go to Excel and say, oh, just multiply this die by one point eight. And it's like, and that's not what happens. You know, they're really the real legitimate. There have been everything is more expensive now. So I'm not saying I'm not saying to justify it. I'm just saying like you got to look at it as like, man, this is. This is really is a pickle you got yourself into NVIDIA with these 4,000 cards because you got all the 3,000. You got the new 4,000. You got AMD and Intel getting into this. Boy, that sucks for you, but I'm going to buy this new Radeon because that's a better deal. That's what we should do. Yep. Again, the answer yep. is just don't buy it. That sounds like really simple and people get angry, but like 
you should just buy the thing that's that's the better price for you. You know, I just, just you know, okay, thought, what you uh, want. okay. Well, I thought the more you buy, the more you save. Well, you do actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's like a no. different. A those mean, are different days. It's a right? mean. I mean, yeah, it just shows you like how much they, you know, they they're really they're jammed up here. They're really jammed up here, and it's gonna yep. suck. But honestly, as a consumer, you should be like, yeah, they're really screwed up here. This is like the top tier GPU company jammed up, so I'm going to benefit from all the prices. I'm curious to see what AMD does if RDNA 3 does wind up rocking and rolling, because if they are able to get really great performance, again, the 6950 XT was faster than the 3090. So people are like, AMD doesn't have it, but AMD has the performance right up there with NVIDIA these days, excluding ray tracing. Uh, So if they have the performance and they're able to manufacture these things so much cheaper, potentially like do they give it a big price break to try to capture all that market share from what you've heard a bunch about Lisa Hussein recently, like that was the goal with Radeon, but as evidenced by the last generation of, of RDNA two parts, as well as recent Ryzen generations, AMD is also trying to transition itself to like a luxury company and not just the budget option anymore. So last generation with RDNA two, they're like, Oh, you know, we're roughly the same as uh 3080 with the 6800 XT. So $50 less, but yeah. here they can do that if they wind up having, you know, the performance crown or if the chiplets and stuff do work out, they could go much cheaper and it depends. There's so many question marks, but well, it's going to be a very interesting time. And uh, we did have this discussion before Ryzen 7000 launch because there was kind of two sides of that coin of like, oh yeah, AMD is going to come out. They're going to undercut price. Hell yeah. And then I think I, like I was like, nah. AMD saying they want to be more in the premium space. Like mm-hmm. prices will probably either stay or go up. I mean, I I, I was wrong. Like the seventy nine fifty X is a hundred dollars less MSRP than the fifty nine fifty X when it came yep. out. You know, and I mean, we're talking leaps and bounds performance. So I mean, that would be awesome. I I don't know if they're there on the GPU side. Also, I don't think they could probably pull off a Ryzen one thousand thing where they're like, hey, we'll give you eight cores. For half the price than you know yeah what, what intel was doing I, I i can't imagine them being like hey we're we're giving you a 4090 equivalent for half the price you know like it probably won't be like that but yeah probably, I mean, yeah, ho- probably. Hoping they could hoping that yeah i mean that would be cool that would, <laughs> but. i mean don't you think we'll they basically they, they're gonna end up pricing rdna3 against where they think 40 series will eventually end up because it feels like you know, 40 series, again, it's artificially high in price because of all the 3,000 parts out there. But um, once those are gone, 40 series are likely to, to take a, you know, price cut. Not going to be yep. huge, but those are going to drop in price. So you'd think that AMD would want to be right where NVIDIA is going to have to end up eventually, maybe put a little pricing pressure on them. I think this is the hardest time to try to gauge this possibly ever since I've been reviewing GPUs. Because the move to chiplets is so radically different that it's real hard to try to look out and see what's happening. Like, we have no idea what the costs are. We have no idea what the performance, what the penalties are. Like, it's going to be real hard. Well, and on the same the same token, I mean, you, you kind of scaled back some of the reviews during the, the height of the, the mining boom because it was just like, oh, hey, well, yeah, sure, you could get a 3080. TTI, whatever came out during the mining boom, but it's double the price, you know. Yeah. So you know you Don't can't really it. answer that like question of price performance. You it might be the other way now, where it's like okay, reviewing a forty a forty ninety versus a thirty ninety Ti that you can get at half the price. 
you know, yeah. like kind of thing is like, oh man, wow. Well, you know, they, there could be some really crazy prices down at the low end, even if it is an older generation. <laughs> Especially yeah, once the merge just happened, the Ethereum merge that they've been saying for years, it finally actually happened. So mm-hmm. all those GPU farms, there's a good chance all those things are coming out too. So yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Slim Jim uh, gave us uh, another $99. Or, I'm sorry. $1.99 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, by the way, where's Ark? It's the end of summer. <laughs> bom, bom. <laughs> so, it is you know i guess we'll see when that rolls around too um yeah you know what i'm real sad about before we move on i hope we're not moving on from the gpus yet no please so what i can remember the day the day was friday september 16th because i was getting ready for my little homie's wedding i was sitting there getting a tie on getting nice buttoned up i had some real nice shoes and stuff like that then my phone started blowing up because EVGA is exiting the video card business. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, you guys talked about this bunch. I don't need to add a lot to it, but that utterly blew my mind and pissed off my girlfriend because she was like, get ready, do all this stuff. I'm like, nope, I need these 15 minutes to watch Gamers Nexus's video of this. <laughs> That's a shame. They're a great company. It's a shame that didn't work out. Uh, shocking how much on blast they put in put on a video <laughs> yeah <laughs> really but yeah. that's a damn shame nvidia evga makes great stuff they seem to care about their customers and yeah. everyone there was just as rad working with the press as they are to their customers so it's a damn shame they had to go down as far as graphics cards are concerned yeah yeah that's a, <laughs> that a bummer it is a bummer feels like uh, the end of some kind of era, but I can't quite define what that means or what it is exactly until more time has passed and we see what happens after. But it definitely uh, feels like some, it's, it's, it's some, it feels just huge. It feels so having, big. Having EVGA bow out and say right before the 40 series launch and say part of the reason is because NVIDIA is just taking all of our profits like they're doing their own founders edition thing, edition thing and undercutting us because... They don't have to buy the GPU in memory package like we do at a markup, so they can undercut us. Uh, and then to have the 40 series announcement and have the prices be so high, like NVIDIA bought 3DFX uh, because 3DFX went the route of getting rid of AIBs and trying to do it all themselves. And I hope NVIDIA remembers that lesson because <laughs> the add-in board distribution, like custom design thing is one a large part of why people like enthusiasts like pc gaming enthusiasts like those options like that customization uh but two that's a very different business very lower margin much more high headache business than selling a bunch of graphics cards versus selling just the packages to graphics cards makers so hopefully it does feel like it could be something momentous i hope nvidia does not wind up going the way of 3dfx which it wound up buying after 3dfx went out of business yeah no i i it does it it does i i think that i would do you think it feels like the end of like customer service because i mean that's really that's, people are saying in the chat too yeah that's i mean EVJ really right it's really yeah. their yeah their the customer service they had was amazing which is why it's so sad at oh, the same time as it points out evj was the only one with a, a queue limit for scalpers on their website yeah right but i mean but again that's like it's like it's like going into a you know a 1950s you know like a malt shop or something like that it's like a it's like something that's just gone that because 
it's just not this the world doesn't support it i mean again when's the last time you went in a home depot or a big box store and got good service it's pretty rare right it's just customer service is kind of it's an expense right it's very expensive and i i kind of wonder if this is the end of it it's not like you're not going to have a card warrantied if you buy from a a different board maker at the same time it's not going to be that same personal kind of level of service that Mm -hmm. you got out of evga but again that's there's a reason why you know customer service is so bad i went i i'm gonna say this i went into the apple store buy my daughter a phone i got worse service than popeye's chicken which Popeye's chicken has a really bad rep. It's it's not deserved because Popeye's chicken I've always gotten really good service at, and the Apple Store was atrocious. I mean, absolutely horrible. So really I love Popeye's Popeye chicken, store. and I disagree firmly with you. Like they're just like, we know this is amazing. Like just take it, give us your money, or get the heck out. We don't care because really? enough people are going to be here because Popeye's is. Yeah, I, I, I would I would say I don't have bad Popeye's ch- chicken <laughs> customer <laughs> service experience. It's more like we'll just get out of your way. Like it's not good, it's not bad. It's just like we'll just you know here it is. <laughs> I I don't know. I just bet it's you know Popeye's chicken has one of those places that has like that rep of like you were saying bad. Yeah. Exp- I've gotten well. I will tell you well, one thing. My experience at the Apple Store was ten times worse than any Popeye's <laughs> chicken <laughs> I've ever had. So that just gets well, I try not. I don't. I try not to talk about what I personally buy too much on this show because you know I'm independent reviewer. I don't. You guys don't need to know largely what I buy. Like I'm evaluating products regardless of what I buy. But as a dude who's been doing graphics card review here for a long time, people like think like, "Hey, Brad gets a lot of free graphics cards." That's not how it happens. None of those are my graphics cards. They're the property of the company that happens. A lot of the time, I gotta send them back, even if I don't. They're work graphics cards. They're not mine. My graphics cards I buy. I buy with my own money and they've been EVGA for several years at this point because of their excellent customer service, excellent designs. It's a real sad day for me to see that. It's sad enough to uh, be five minutes late to my homie's wedding and annoy the heck out of my girlfriend. <laughs> my, my very first GPU I ever bought personally was a, a EVGA a GTX 4, 460. And I, mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, going in and looking recently at the, uh, like you could look at your warranties or the cards that you bought and, I was, and it was still in there. And I was like, Oh, I totally forgot uh, <laughs> that I had registered it on the, the website. Uh, yeah. So anyway, bummer. Uh, any other GPU stuff uh, people want to talk about? Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about it plenty over the next oh, yeah. month or two. <laughs> well, actually uh, we do have a $5 super chat from Bobby 0081 said Gordon's right. The people complaining about prices seem to be ignoring real world inflation. Everything costs more than prices two years ago. Uh, Joseph Frusky gave us another $2 super chat. Uh, thank you so much. Said Brad, I have a hookup for Arizona iced tea. There you go. I, I guess hit him. All up. right. Uh, Is it an old he... stock or something like this? Like 99, <laughs> 99 cents on it. <laughs> Uh, and, oh, and they, they gave us a, a $10 super chat uh, after that. Thank you so much. Said uh, they, they are a history slash technology professor. Uh, we have a long history of what happens when companies are no longer faced with competition, higher prices, and sometimes poor quality products. Very true. Um, Mike Quinton gave us a $20 super chat uh, with a question. Said, uh, given the used plus stock on hand inventory, what will NVIDIA do if it can't reduce the 30 series inventory this fiscal year? Do you really think it'll be a fire sale or a landfill kind of situation? I mean, in just... time. Go ahead, Brad. Sorry. That was it. In time. Yeah. 
I mean, I would say that NVIDIA is not going to be immune to the same pressures that other retail or other companies selling physical products are facing right now. So if you've been keeping track of just general news about retail, there's a lot of uh, places that are sitting on ex excess stock because they couldn't adequately anticipate the, the effects of inflation, which to also speak to that point where it's like, yeah, NVIDIA's experienced inflation cost stuff, but so are consumers. So they have less buying power as well. So it kind of ends up a wash when you say it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, it's the classic turd sandwich that's being passed around to everybody right yep. now. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> I, not good. I think that NVIDIA owns so much of the GPU, discrete GPU market and mindshare that they will just keep on trucking until all the things are sold out unless RDNA 3 does something so drastic that it forces them to respond. I think if RDNA 3 is comparable to RTX 40 series in the way that RDNA 2 was comparable to RTX 30 series, NVIDIA is just going to ignore it. And they will eventually sell through their stuff and then we'll deal with the price reductions and stuff. Do you think any of the, the, the die prices help or hurt GeForce now? Because I'm like, you know what, if they just sort of have excess like, access to dies, which you know previously would have been shipped out to customers, could they now build out GeForce Now centers using the you know high end cards? Uh, they you know, they definitely could. You resurface these. I mean, I there's only a certain limit because you have to because the actual profits from GeForce Now have to be able to pay for itself. I'm sure. So I would think possibly it, you know some. Of it also depends how many of them are like the package for the PCB, just the memory and the GPU versus built out cards because. The cards you need for server farms are very different than the right. four slot 3080s that are available. <laughs> yeah, I would just like, you know, because the classical question there is like, are they going to go into the same landfill as ET cartridges? <laughs> and you, you could sort of see like, well, look, if I got this, if I got this 3090, I'm going to, let's say you're a board partner or somebody like, I'm going to take a wash selling it. If I sell this thing and I lose $400 on it, Maybe that's better than just eating the entire cost of putting that thing into the ET cartridge landfill. You know, if I use $700, it's better to lose $400 than to lose $700. Well, but then you sort of like, the. I mean, this is, again, this is, realistically, people, you need to understand this before you get on your, your outrage pony, is that, because if you think about it, if you like, okay, now I'm going to sell this, these 3090s, we're selling these for $600, $700, like that's just said over insane pricing. Is that customer going to go out and turn around and buy 40 series anytime soon? So you now take away a potential sale at the higher end where there are, there is more revenue. It's just, it's just basically, it's just a crappy situation all around it. So I just come to, sometimes I feel like the, that's why I'm so like against the outrage pony riding because it feels like you're just basically like angry because everything did not line up perfectly for everybody for your needs. Whereas I can tell you the bloodbath Nvidia is going to take. They're like, you know what? Look at you want to look at these these piles See, of cards. It's just terrible. I, I, th I think uh, people. I wouldn't call it riding an outrage pony. I think it's <laughs> Nvidia is trying to charge way more. Uh, for what the, they have traditionally, aside from the 90 class. Uh, what you're saying is totally right about NVIDIA and what it has to do again, but right. that's not people's problem. <laughs> no, I know it's not their problem. And again, the answer is like, it, hey, tough luck. I'm buying this brand new RDNA 3, right? Like, yeah. that, I'm and, just and you'd saying... be like, oh, $900 for a 4070? 
I'm outraged because that's outrageous. I guess I'm just for me, not going to buy it. it. Yeah, to me, like it's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I guess you you blew this one. This this you this this cycle you blew it. Sucks for you. I'm going to go buy from somebody else. But like I just see so much outraged pony riding like everywhere on the internet. It just kind of seems kind of crazy. Where it's like, oh man, let me tell you. That's a terrible situation over there. So whatever, I'm buying somebody else. It's my money, but I just I'm don't a, understand why people just feel like they have to scream and shout everywhere. I'm gonna have to listen to Genuine tonight know, after this. After all this, I can't pay attention. Wait, wait. So I can't. I'm so I'm la- I, for audio listeners, I'm trying very hard not just giggling nonstop so you can hear Gordon, but everyone on camera who's watching the feed can see me laughing nonstop. And so I've got two comments. One, we need to do the Monty Python coconuts for this every time <laughs> Gordon says this now. Like we have to do this. <laughs> And, I just... <laughs> and the second question, which we don't have to answer because I think Gordon's still on his uh, topic there, but I'm wondering, based on what you said, Brad, if that means we may end up seeing an artificial, not artificial, but like a delay for 50 series cards. Like, as I mean, if they're going to have to like sell through all this stuff and they're not going to drop prices past a certain point and then they're going to have 40 series stock and then that's going to sell a certain point yep. that means we're just going to end up seeing like slightly longer dev cycles to give them time to you know recover from that yeah uh i would be shocked if this was not another two-year cycle for nvidia at least mm. like that's what this one was typically in the past they'd been closer to you in a year and a half this one was a solid two years so i think i agree 100 percent with everything you're saying <laughs> all right then <laughs> yeah, club, club. uh yeah oh my goodness um i don't remember uh one thing i do want to bring up uh, just because I wanted to talk about it during the show, something that people aren't talking about a ton, but I think is worth pointing out, like uh, RDNA Infinity Cash is part of what greatly improved performance on RDNA 2, which is basically their fancy marketing name for L2 Cash plus some special sauce. Uh, NVIDIA didn't talk much about it, but they drastically increased the size of L2 Cash in the RTX 40 series. Uh, so people are freaking out over the smaller memory bus and stuff like that. And again, a 192 bit memory bus on a $900 card does seem like a decision to me, but uh, A and B was able to move to smaller memory buses because of the use of infinity cash and NVIDIA is doing something similar here, even though they haven't talked about it much yet. Okay. Uh, and I forgot the, the point I was going to make uh, Gordon, uh, I, I, I don't think I don't think this is going to be an ET cartridge thing because even at one cent nobody wanted to buy it. If you if you put a thirty series for you know fifty bucks, somebody was going to want to buy that. I don't I don't think they're going to go to landfills like. <laughs> yeah, but I guess the thing is like you don't want to like they're not bad products. Sw- like they're ET not bad was products. A bad product. You're just looking at then any thirty ninety. 3080 Ti customer is a lost 40 series customer for a cycle at least, possibly two, right? So possibly four. I I just kind of wonder where the math is on that. But I guess if you're NVIDIA, sort of like, well, you know what? We'd rather have them buy 3080 even if we're, you know, everybody's getting killed on it because it's better than buying an Arc or buying a Radeon too. So I don't don't know where the math works out on that, but you just kind of wonder if it you just like, oh, this, these things are a wash at a certain point. All right. Well, speaking of math, uh, we have a, an official poll, 100, 100 votes in. I said, uh, should we make an Outrage Pony t-shirt? 69% of everybody said yes. 
So, I mean, you can't, can't argue with that mad math. And actually, on top of that, nice. 13% said they'd buy two. So, But you know what I'm saying. It's just like everybody's <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, prices are up, but it's a, it's a lousy situation for everybody. So, you know what? Tough. Uh, I'm buying somebody yeah. else's. I, yeah. It's just life is too short to get so worked up over it. it All right. Life is too short. We need to, to, to keep going with the show. Uh, got a couple more super chats. Uh, Mike Williams gave us a $10 super chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, Popeye's, uh, chicken has always had long lines forever all day. Then again, I live 45 minutes from new Orleans. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Joseph... Look up, uh, Oaks, RDC world and Popeye's chicken. You will understand the the perception of Popeye's chicken. I disagree with that. I don't think it's that bad. All right. Uh, Joseph Frusky gave us another $2 super chat. Thank you so much. Said Gordon's background is my childhood in one pitcher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, strong background game. Uh, okay. So let's let's get to some Q&A. We, we do have some really good questions. We're, we're, I don't think we're going to have time to get to everything, but I do want to hop on some of these. Uh, tech I do I do got to leave out of here in five or ten minutes. Five, but okay, y'all can okay. keep going without me. All right. Uh, Demo Fighter uh, had asked, uh, Gordon, what do you think about the issues with ATX 3.0? Uh, there's, there was also a question about, uh, uh, new tech had asked, uh, where was your power consumption? Oh, no, no, sorry. No, uh, Al Bundy asked, uh, oh, another important topic. What, what about these burning power cables in recent news stories? Uh, yeah. What did we think on power supplies? I know you, you've kind of shifted a little bit, yeah. um, with, with 40 series talking about the power spikes and, and whatnot. Well, yeah. What do we think for power? Are we worried? I am not as I'm not as worried about 40 series with uh, power transients as I was initially because you know they've said like look we looked at power transients it's even better on a on a 40 series card than it was on a 3090 so I don't think I think for a lot of people's existing if they are good quality power supplies they will be absolutely fine but I definitely think if you're building high end or you're going to really really push it hard you probably want to think about an ATX 3.0 power supply that is actually designed to address power transients power spikes look at our Stephen eastman interview with intel uh two about the the um the 12 volt high power or as paul paul's hard would say 12 volt high power like, <laughs> we got to get like arnold schwarzenegger to say that for us 12 volt high power pcie gen 5 connector um you know i mentioned this earlier last week that you know steve got some internal correspondence from pci sig that uh some of these things are basically going up in smoke uh, could be very extreme angles that are, people are putting on them. And then also there is some guidance. The other thing that people are, they want to get on the outrage pony about too, is the insertion cycles for the 12 volt high power connector, which the official spec probably from the people who make these at, you know, Molex and amp and all these people is 30 insertion cycles. So basically you take that connector and you, you're really only supposed to insert it and remove it 30 times. That's basically what the engineers will say. That is the safe level of doing it. Um, you know, there's some thought like, well, maybe that's part of it. And then people are angry, like 30 insertion cycles. It's like, well, realistically people built, that's a problem for people like me, for Brad, Elena, Adam, most people will build the machine once that they, the actual total insertion cycles that connector we'll see for real people might be 10 to 20 right if that over the entire not even not even because it's not like like oh you're going to upgrade to 50 90 and then 60 90 79 it's just even even if you upgrade every generation every other year i mean if you upgrade for 10 years it's only five swap outs yeah and i was actually trying to find out what like other like how is it comparable because like even like pcie slots the insertion cycles aren't like it's not like thousands Right. It might be hundreds for PCI, PCIE. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's, I mean, and then I was looking up SATA. I think I saw something like the internal SATA connector is 50. So I, I, I really need to chase down the actually published specs for insertion cycles, but I think that's probably not worth getting, getting on the outrage pony about. I think it's probably just making sure when you put in your PCIe <laughs> Sorry, 5 connector, just don't like, because a lot of people go like, oh, now I want to make it pretty. And they're just like, they put like 100 pounds of torque on that thing, try to bend it around. You got to be careful because you are pushing a lot of power through that. So just don't, just don't twist the hell out of those cables. Also, the 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 forty series with with four uh, eight pin uh, adapters in it. Uh, p- you know, people were talking about using the the pigtail, like two pigtail, yeah. so that it's you know, like yeah, you, you know, probably don't want to do that either. <laughs> I saw somebody had like I'm going to go from the the four, or three three twelve volt high power to the the pigtails that connect to um, you know. Uh, uh, old old style Molex, they call them, you know, the old. Th- and then from there, you could do like a sat. You could just like have all these connectors. And the crazy thing is, that's like it seems su- silly, but that's what people do. Because a lot of normal people, they have no idea. Like, oh, I've got these eight pin. I'll just buy another. And it, no, you should buy an ATX twelve, uh, ATX three point power supply is what you should probably do. Uh, all right. Uh, some uh, good questions over uh, over on Discord. Uh, Waddled Gold, uh, new to the the Discord, says, "Does Ryzen seven thousand have Microsoft's Pluton security chip? Do you know?" God, Lord. You know the fact that they didn't talk about it makes me think it's not there. And I keep forgetting to ask officially because it feels like it's something that's not talked about. I, if it's there, they didn't talk about it, which is kind of weird. Or maybe I totally missed it because I was focused on performance. I don't honestly know. Unfortunately, I know it's in the mobile parts, so we'll see. I'll I'll, I'll find out and we'll report back. Uh, friend of the show Ziv uh, over on Discord. There are issues with power cost slash reliability in an increasing number of places across the world. Do you think consumers and or large organizations and governments are going to hit a breaking point with what they'll tolerate as far as consumer CPU slash GPU power draw? Where does it end? Uh, see, I think the issue is when we have this conversation, we're mostly focusing on the ultra high end. Like if you go down to the Ryzen 5, Ryzen 3, Core 5, Core 3 range, things are still doing pretty all right like they have been traditionally. What we're talking about is if you need a 16-core, 32-thread, cutting-edge Ryzen 9 7950X with the freaking RTX 4090, like you don't care about power. Like you're already spending so much money on your gear because you need it for work or you just have deep pockets and want a badass PC. And neither one of those situations, I don't think it matters. I think at a practical level for most people down at the, where most of us are buying stuff, it's not as big a consideration as all the headlines are giving it. That, and I also think that, I mean, we kind of touched on this when we talked about California's power requirements way back when, right? And I think the general consensus too is that people don't really want government uh, setting things like that because it restricts the the flexibility and you know seeing what can come out of technology um one of the things that i brought up in my written review too is that one of the things that is not being discussed when we look at these desktop processors is how popular laptops are 
right? So for a lot of people out there, like their main computer is actually not going to be sipping that much energy. So we are kind of looking at a very specific slice here of the overall PC market. So I think between those two things, I don't, I don't know how soon that would be in the cards. I would, I like to hope to think that the governments uh, around the world would be looking to, um, uh, more sources of energy that would help keep prices down. Yeah, I, I do want to add one thing, and this is a good story because this weekend I was going to Costco and I saw a beautiful cherry Pontiac GTO. I was following behind it, and man, it was putting some smog out. I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. Do I think I want the government to go after that Pontiac GTO class of owner over smog? Or do I realize that that car is going to be on the road and it's going to put out put on 1500 miles a year if that i don't think it's worth chasing pc gamers over power consumption because i think it is just way too small you got to chase after the things that really matter if we got to the point where actual pc gamers are actually impacting the grid as much as people think it would then it wouldn't be become a problem because then we could just form our own lobbying companies then lobby the government to support us and it would be okay so i don't think it's a problem uh different topic but over at an tech ryan and gavin say that uh red 7000 does indeed have pluton in oh. the io die okay no. nice Breaking oh in the news. io die okay that oh that's interesting i guess it probably is embedded somewhere huh interesting all right Cool. And for people to know, Pluton is basically Microsoft's um, super secret. We're going to keep you um, secure uh, mm. chip. Yeah, security enclave. We don't even know what the hell is in there. <laughs> uh, all right, we got to get out of here. BB's rubbing on my microphone. Uh, so cute. Uh, yeah, very late on her feeding, so we we got to <laughs> get going. Uh, Gordon, uh, take us out of here, and uh, yeah, look for more fun Ryzen seven thousand videos later. Let me find my notes and see if I can read them. And hopefully. GeForce and RDNA three uh, testing. Okay, one day. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please do leave a review. Every time you do, somebody gets off their outraged pony. Send <laughs> questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com. Hopefully, somebody will check that email address one day. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Chakas. It ain't gonna be me. Eleni, and Adam Patrick Murray's gonna hit the off switch. Uh, now I'm just gonna have to Google how to how to make your own AI art so I can find Outrage Pony, put it in there, and <laughs> make it a T-shirt. So uh, yeah, get get in your Outrage Pony submissions, and maybe it'll be a T-shirt. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye.